Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. Early morning in a new suburban home, six-year-old Carol Ann will be the first to realize. at your television set the same way again. Poltergeist. It knows what scares you. A Steven Spielberg production. Rated PG. Stars Friday at Man's Birdcage, Capitol, Sacramento Drive-In, and... There are ghost stories. And then... There's Poltergeist. We just want our daughter back. The door to the world could close at any moment. I gotta go in and get her out. Maddie! Help me! Poltergeist. Rated PG 13. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. still muted just so you know <laughs> yeah okay oh you're just so cute when you do that you just oh, seem like you're you. just like a tiny was, little deer i was getting into the music is that what it was that's what it was i was i was headbanging to it oh nice dig it let me throw and up I'm, uh the poltergeist here throw it throw it let's do it let's do that Oh, yeah, um, breaking no, down a fourth we, wall here. Usually, I have this going. We 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 left. Uh, this is up. Uh, or let me start. Welcome to Movie Sucktastic, episode one seventy seven. That's correct. I'm I'm on a roll. Look at you. Uh, this episode we are reviewing Poltergeist, both the nineteen eighty two version and the two thousand fifteen remake. Because we're uh, just glutton for punishment. 
Right. Now, we, we had left last episode uh, not sure what we were going to review. We wanted a fresh start. And we happened, uh, we just happened to watch Poltergeist 2's and we, uh, or the remake uh, mm-hmm. over the weekend. It's like, well, then we, might, we just might as well do this and do one of our remake episodes. Because I, I actually enjoy doing the uh, remake episodes. I do, too. Uh, I never could think of like a cool name for them, like before and after or uh, something like that. Now and later, <laughs> like the candy. Now, <laughs> then they'll sue us. Um, I hope so. <laughs> one, <laughs> that'd be the best thing ever. <laughs> Jesus, we, we free podcast, somebody. free podcast that no one pays a dime for being sued. Fuck you. <laughs> Someone needs to sue us. Damn it. Um, Get a few extra that. hits. That's almost like Penn and, Penn and Teller gets killed. It's like, I wish someone were trying to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ooh, I should now, write that down. I'm always looking for movies I forget about that I should I should own. Or not you know, own. I, I should have in my collection. I, I, I don't want to get into a uh, Scott and Joey compare their movie collection episode, but I, I think that's one that I've been trying to get a copy of for a while. I used to have it on VHS, and it's like really hard to find now, I think. I think I can find a DVD rip of that somewhere. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, now, before we get into Poltergeist, th- this did bring this, and we we uh, we both saw Mad Max the other, day, uh, other week to celebrate your birthday Thank in the you. theater. I appreciated uh, that. That was a great fun night. It really it, was. It was. Genuinely surprised. You know, I got uh, Scott ringing my doorbell like a four-year-old child, much like my or five-year-old, <laughs> much like my five-year-old child rings my doorbell or any doorbell for that matter. And I'm like, what the fuck? He's supposed to be a grandma's. <laughs> <laughs> and I come to the door, and there's there's Scott, and there's Holly, and they're like, surprise! And I'm I was genuinely surprised. It was it was a really good night. See, I, I don't have my house does not have a doorbell, so because of that, I ring doorbells repeatedly and annoyingly. Yeah, bastard. My my mother loves that. By the way, <laughs> loves it totally. I bet, I bet she Can't does. Um, so, and and. Uh, you and I got in a brief discussion because I was curious as to whether you considered Mad Max a remake or a reboot. And, uh, and it, I do not I'm, on either count. Right. It, it's kind of like a, 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 a semi-sequel, um, a continuation of the saga, but without any kind of... And yep. it, since they started using reboot and remake, uh, and you have a lot of these movies coming out where they're doing like uh, homages, I'm becoming very particular on what I call a remake or a reboot. Yeah. Now, and it's interesting you bring that up because the video game Mad Max that's coming out um, this year, they were also the developers of the game were also asked if they if they thought that the game was some sort of like a reboot of some kind of reimagining of the character, and they said no, this is just a continuation of the character. It's just a different part of this character's story. And I was like, yeah, I'm like perfect. And and the biggest reason why I think they they have that mindset, obviously because one they're they're developing the game, but two, because George Miller was talking to them constantly about right. the game, uh, like things in the game. I mean, it th- doesn't have anything to do with Fury Road, but it does. If you've seen the franchise at all, the game will be extremely familiar. But it is not a reimagining, a reboot. It is a continuation. That's another uh, one, a reimagining, through through. which I think is too, yeah. too uh, pinky. Um, yeah. yeah, so I, 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 and it makes it's easy for Mad Max too because every movie ends with him stranded in the desert. So it's like, okay, there's no real continuity to worry about, right? <laughs> it's just so they, it's this could take nothing. place between these two episodes or whatever. You know, it's right. so 
Uh, that works. Now, for Poltergeist, I was a little torn at first because one of the things I, I consider is that I, I consider reboots mainly for franchises. Right. So, technically, we could call the Poltergeist remake a reboot because there were three movies in the first series, so it was kind of like a franchise. However, I would like to call it a remake instead because I believe there is no intention or possibility whatsoever of doing sequels beyond this one. I really fucking doubt it. Even though they they Uh, opened the the end of the film, one of the side characters, they they opened that up for a potential sequel of some kind or just a a continuation of their story. And I'm like, ah, that didn't go as planned, did it? Didn't go I, the I, way you liked it, did it? I don't no. think they did that. I don't think that was suppo- uh, I don't think that was intentionally a um, is he dead or isn't he kind of ending. I think that was more of just like a uh, let's end on a lighter note. Then they like should have went tea. and found him in fucking uh, you know gelatin or something. <laughs> then, then that's what they should have done. And maybe there uh, is you know maybe there's an alternate cut of the film because no. in the trailer the TV uh, spot the little girl says they're here and then they cut that off immediately because that's not the line she uses in the movie she says they're coming now because well the one thing i can't fucking stand about any of these reboots remakes reimagining uh is they try and do something similar to the original but and this is they've done this in the past what they'll do is they'll do a polar opposite like for instance the little girl blonde hair blue eyes in in the original brown hair brown eyes in this mm-hmm. little things like that they do on purpose yeah because they don't want any correlation to the, the original other than potentially the name oh yeah you know? when we when we've reviewed uh remakes we we've gone through that whole idea of they did change things the opposite just specifically to do that like the hitcher remake where okay how about it's the girl instead of the guy says, oh, oh okay that's what right. we're doing now even yeah, like so- uh in the original the mother jumps through the portal to go get you know, uh, Carrie Ann, I believe the little girl's name is Carolyn. Carolyn. That's. I, I know that because I just I, I also watched Poltergeist two and three before we did this, and uh, they say, and her name is said 136 times uh, in the course of Poltergeist three. So of course, that's, yeah, of course. I'm not forgetting that name. And uh, obviously, in the remake, they meet. They lead you to believe that it's the mother. And I, I told I told Mary, I leaned over. I go, they're probably going to do the father because it just has to be the fucking opposite. And even mm-hmm. though I was wrong, I was still right that they weren't going to use the mother. Now, I, I'm, I'm a little more forgiving of that because at least they built that into a character arc where it wasn't just, oh, we're going to change this. There's a lot of stuff like that to talk about in this, obviously. Um, well, yeah. But, but I mean, I, so you agree with me that we can call this a remake and not a reboot? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my rationale is a little twisted, but I think it's still accurate. Yeah, they're not going to... Yeah. Uh, they're not going to be making any more like, of them. Like, look, like, look at the like Halloween. Uh, Halloween. Look at Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Halloween was a reboot because they did two. They were planning. He was planning to do a third. Thank God they fucking haven't. Um, for oh, Friday, you're talking 13th, Rob Zombie. Okay. Yeah, Rob Zombies. Uh, for Friday the Thirteenth, um, I I would call it a remake because it didn't change anything. And I don't yeah. think that did, did they do a second one. I don't no. think they did a second. No, they I didn't. was just looking into that the other day. Yeah, that remake of the Friday the Thirteenth film came out six years ago. Wow, it's been that long the, and a bomb, right? Two thousand and nine. No, no, fucking made forty million. It's opening weekend. That's nothing. 
it it made about I think it made seventy or eighty million dollars, which for a film with a budget like that, which I think was under twenty, and what it did overseas and everything, it did extremely well. Everyone hated it, but <laughs> their their intention, and we talked about this. This is how old uh, this topic is. They were going to do Friday the Thirteenth Part Two in three D, and we had that whole discussion of that doesn't that. make any fucking sense. You know, at least the original franchise knew that to make they made the third film in 3D. It just come on, let's not get stupid. And um, now, so I I I don't want to call that a reboot, <clears throat> just because I don't want to, because they only did one episode. But technically, it was a reboot of the franchise. It was like now Freddy Krueger was a reboot because they kind of changed the character. Yeah. Even and that was a shitty remake too because they copied so much from the first film. But I still I mean, haven't so my, seen my, it. Still haven't uh, seen it. Really? Oh, you, yeah, you, I know. Have I, I have it. I've just been—I've been slowly adding uh, all of those dude, to movies I've, I've to got my nine, collection. I have nine hundred films in my collection. I have not watched. I, I know what you mean. <clears throat> it's hard I to get everything in. It sure is. So, uh, but anyway, um, um, totally so, sidetracked. Yeah, we did the whole remake thing. Um, Poltergeist and Poltergeist Two. So uh, and I, and like now, like I said, we did not. I, I, when we discussed it before the episode, uh, I did not say let's watch all the films because I figured neither of us would have time. I somehow managed to squeeze in Poltergeist two and three, so I might occasionally mention things. For instance, the fact that when you talked about them going to do Friday the Thirteenth, they were planning on doing part two in three D. Yeah. Poltergeist two was originally planned at one point to, to be a three D film. Really. But they they changed that I guess when budget constraints came in, sure. and the re and the remake of course is a 3D film or was a 3D film. Oh, the one oh the one in 2015 was. Yes. Uh, whatever. Hey, you know what? Well, they had the they whole drill thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just making it make a buck any way you can, I guess. Yeah. It, it just and, well, and the thing is too. I, I, do you remember? since we're going to mention part two and i know part two pretty well the third film i've only seen i've seen the first film literally double digit double digits i mean yeah. easily double we all digits. Had, as a kid we grew up with that movie that you're watching yeah, it redu- yeah it was on that. constantly i owned it i own it i should say um it just i've seen it i i know it inside and out the second film i know pretty well the third film i've seen maybe twice so but one of the most vivid things I remember from the second film, uh, and for two reasons. One, because I always got Fangoria magazine. And two, because uh, of just the special effects and the, the stop motion that they did was the tequila. When he was drinking, the, and he eats the worm from the tequila. Yeah. That was like in every Fangoria issue for like, for months. And months after the film was released too. Because mm-hmm. it was genuinely creepy, it still is a creepy scene, and yeah, the special kinda. effects. The special effects are pretty damn good. I mean, even yeah. for the time period. Now, interestingly enough, uh, one of the things I was checking about, you know, about the Poltergeist curse. Obviously, we've of you know, course, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one the, of them, everything in that curse, from Spielberg really directing the movie to the the, well, the cast the and the crew. Is- yeah, no, 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 I'm, I'm going, I'm going with it. I'm, no, yeah, I'm going with it. With, with the cast and crew thinking that the set and uh, you know locations were actually haunted for real. To part, the daughter, yeah, the daughter uh, in the first film being murdered. Uh, oh, just fucking, I, I totally 
uh, I don't know what happened where I never I never really really got it really recognized that I, I I had blinders on during that decade or something. I I didn't realize that until I went back and rewatched Poltergeist last week. I was like, what? Holy what? Really? Yeah, the, and, the curse it, was it's a it was a big deal. Well, with her, I mean specifically with her, I never realized how crazy it was. Uh, and and here I am, a true crime fan. I, I'm very ashamed that I, I wasn't uh, up on it. But you're talking about Dominique Dunn. Yep. Who's the um, who's the daughter. the daughter of Dominic Dunn, uh, Vanity Fair editor, uh, producer, and she was uh, strangled to death in her driveway by her boyfriend that she had dumped that day, uh, this, uh, the same night that she was rehearsing to be the teenage daughter in V, the TV series. Yeah, I remember reading that. Just yeah, and and like the whole, the, I mean, the wacky shit of that because after I spent like three hours just like reading up on it because I I somehow missed it during the whole uh when it actually happened uh he strangled her to death in the park in the driveway uh then he proceeded because of the judge who kept who uh was for some reason just did not like the prosecution uh the kid ended up getting six years for strangling this girl to death and then he got out in two and a half years for good behavior <laughs> i didn't know that part yeah <laughs> Uh, and, and then and then later, uh, I, I I checked uh, you know because I'm checking everything. I, I I do I have my I have a weird pattern when I research stuff. It's, it's almost like a meta like you know link 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 open up. I have like three screens up and everything. Sure. And the the, the judge uh, was lambasted for the decision because he even came out and scolded the, the jury afterwards, saying it was uh, you know they shouldn't have come up with such a light sentence when he's the reason they did because one of the there was testimony from another girlfriend of his that he used to beat her repeatedly and she was in the hospital twice and he's and he and he decided that they couldn't allow the testimony because it was prejudicial oh my god he had a he he had a history of attacking his girlfriends and the judge did not allow it <laughs> so and then 10 years later he writes a book and most of his book was about how uh, juries uh, are bad. Now we need to get rid of juries. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing right. a whole book in one sentence, but that's kind of what he says: is like juries aren't fa- uh, infallible. We need to get rid of them, and just you know. And also, he you know, oh, we we, we have to get rid of those laws that protect people, like uh, um, Miranda. Wow. Never heard of her. <laughs> Never. Heard, yeah. Now, the first film, you're saying that the second film is where they thought everything was haunted and they were... Uh, the sec- the I second thought that film, was the first film, too. No, the first... Well, here's what it is. The first film, uh, they used... Because they were having real- a ton of problems making right, the first yeah. film. The first film, they used real skeletons because it was cheaper than making fake ones. Okay. Uh, the actress claims that she didn't know about this. Um, uh, what's her name? Oh, Joe Beth Williams. Joe Beth, sorry, yeah, Joe Beth Williams. She claims that like the whole scene where she's in the swimming pool and stuff. She claims she didn't realize until after the fact that they were real. The second film, and this is uh, <clears throat> so the second film they film, and uh, he uses real skeletons again. And for some reason, this is a shock. <laughs> and the second film is where they demanded to have the place exercised, and the the actor, uh, the the Indian. Oh yeah, the, the, from uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Exactly, he, he he performed the exorcism. If I'm if I'm correct in what I read, because huh. he was an actual exorcist. <laughs> he was an artist first, by the way. 
Oh well, that yeah, that too. He was on, He was quoted. As, on he was that. quoted as saying that uh, in uh, uh, when he did one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Because I do acting, I do this. Uh, you know the the the, 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 the paraphrasing uh, the Exorcist thing, but he goes, "I'm an artist first. Yeah, because <laughs> his stuff has been has been hung in like the Smithsonian. I mean, he's dead now, but I mean, he was apparently he was a, a, an amazing artist. Right. Anyway, but uh, you know there were so many problems yeah. with yeah. making uh, the Will, first Will, film. Yeah, Will Sampson, he played the Indian, uh, the the shaman, and he was a real life shaman. Uh, so. And he died. He died as well in 1987. Although, I mean, it was years later. It's not like he died during the filming or anything. No, Poltergeist Two came out in '86, didn't it? Oh no, he died the next year. You know, you're right. Yeah, he died a year <laughs> I'm later. Thinking, I'm, I'm, there's other ones that died later. I'm thinking of. Yeah, but he died. Okay. Uh, but well, his, like, his uh, was like uh, uh, Michelle O'Rourke, um, or Heather O'Rourke. I'm sorry, not Michelle. She she had like a, a I forget the disease she had, but she had it for since the first film. Well. She was misdiagnosed uh, with, I think, Crohn's disease, or it was. She was misdiagnosed with something, and they were they weren't treating it right. And then she came down what they thought was the flu, and then like she was dead the next day. Like she oh. just went because like, the bacteria was all over her body, and the oh. family actually sued the uh, the hospital that was he- dealing with her since birth because for all these years it was it was a compacted uh, impacted or compacted colon um, intestine. Block oh, it was man. like intestinal blockage, it's a shame. and but and it finally killed her because they never diagnosed it properly. Yeah, How do you and so she died. Up? Now there's there's contra- there's also like a lot of the stuff I I found about Poltergeist and Poltergeist Two, it contradictory depending on who you talk to, and uh, depending on who you talk to about her dying, uh, according to half the people you talk to, they were done filming, and then she died. Okay. According to other people, she died before they finished filming. And well, part sh- of it is shouldn't that be easy to figure out? Uh, well, I I, I would think so. Because should, shouldn't every scene that she's in or, or well, uh, here's where it gets time confusing. stamped and marked? No, no. Here's where it gets confusing. It, ha- it all has to do with the reshot ending. Oh, uh, okay. Because the the ending, uh, there is uh, it really comes down to whether or not. Uh, you believe that they they called for a reshoot of the ending before or after she died. Got it. Uh, and so, like <laughs> that that final scene, they they reshot the entire ending. That's why she's not in it. So that's why at the end you don't see her face in Exorcist Three. Uh, Exorcist Three. At, sorry, uh, Poltergeist Three. We were talking about Exorcism. <laughs> I got confused. Now, now speaking of shooting around, Poltergeist Two, uh, the the uh, creepy priest. Oh. That's uh. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Julian Beck. He played Kane in right. two. He died during the filming, but he was he was pre He already knew he, he had like stomach cancer, and yeah, so like yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he looked so creepy because he was like gone. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was like he was starving to death. You know, his body was eating itself alive. Uh, so one of the reasons you were talking about that tequila scene, one of the reasons that scene is in there is because they had to rewrite stuff after he died because they weren't done filming yet. Oh, so that's why okay. they did the worm and had his face on it and stuff. Got it. So that was unforeseen. What I find, is, and I know we're getting, we haven't even talked about Poltergeist one yet, but since we talked about that, uh, what I found even creepier with part three. Forget the fact that uh, Heather O'Rourke dies at the end of filming for part three. They start part three knowing that uh, Julian Beck is dead, 
says, well, I'll tell you what, let's just bring back his character and just make, do a really shitty makeup effect on, on other actors playing him so it, <laughs> so, so it looks nothing like him, but you know we're trying to. Right. I remember that. I remember, like, I remember seeing that, and I'm just, just watching the film. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I th- thought they were so concerned about uh, the, when she died. It was film supposed to come out. The studios were very concerned about whether or not it looked like they were trying to um, capitalize on her death. They didn't want to look insensitive. And, and, and all I can think is, you weren't insensitive enough to film the whole movie with a character who died in the middle of part two <laughs> and just making people up that look like him. That's not right. insensitive to you. But I, I guess an old person dead, they don't care, is when a kid dies. I guess, yeah. And the one that blew me away the most, just uh, on, in the first film, and this, I think we should lead right into your, your Toby Hooper thing about okay. the, who directed the film. Uh, yeah, there... Oh, go ahead. Well, hang on. Yeah, but... but uh, the one of the actors, one of the bit actors in Poltergeist is Lou Perryman. He plays Pugsley. Uh, Pugsley is one of the construction crew uh, in back of the house, like the beginning of the movie. Right. He also played in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Oh, which is also so a Toby it, Hooper film. Right. So Toby Hooper know him, put him in the movie. He's in there. He died, I think it was 2007, uh, 2009. He was murdered with an axe. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, some guy, uh, some guy um, was off. He, he got out of prison or detention or something, went off of his meds, beat his mother, I think, with garden shears, something weird like that, left the house, walked three miles, stopped the first house he came to, which happened to be Lou's, murdered him with an axe, and stole his car. <laughs> Just what? completely fucking random. Yeah. <laughs> Uh. And, and I, I don't think there, there's anything more ironic than than being a, a victim in the movie ta- Texas ta- Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then being killed with an axe, because it's both ironic and wrong. Yeah, it's like close. It's like close to being ironic. It's like ironicish. <sighs> so <laughs> I don't know how I can move on from that, but I'm going to try. Um, so- <laughs> Well, Toby Hooper directed Poltergeist, or so... Supposedly. Supposedly. Um, apparently, there was a lot of problems on set. He's not showing up. When he does show up, he's not uh, directing the scenes to uh, the Spielberg's liking, let's put it that way. Um, it's rumored that Toby Hooper directed a small portion of this movie, and Spielberg did the rest. Right now... I'm going to jump in and give the alternate view because, again, this is another contradictory thing. Spielberg is on record as saying, no, that didn't happen. What I did was I was on set because uh, E.T. was delayed and he originally wanted to direct, but due to his contract, he couldn't direct two film. He couldn't direct any films until E.T. was finished. Right. So he was producing, co-writing, but he couldn't direct. So he was on set and most likely a control freak, but he was only assisting... Uh, like jumping in and saying stuff, you know, to help with the vision, but he wasn't taking directorial control and it wasn't doing it. He wasn't stepping in because Toby Hooper wasn't doing his job, according to Spielberg and Toby Hooper. And it's in the best interest that Spielberg tells that story. Sure. Now, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I and I could swear, and I've 
and I, I never had it recorded off a of TV when I was a kid, but I could swear at the end of the of the film, uh, the very last scene in the movie before the credits roll, as a kid on Channel 11, which is WPIX here in the New York, uh, New Jersey area, I could swear that it said directed by Sp- Steven Spielberg, not directed by Toby Hooper. I I would I swear to this day that I saw that 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 uh, um, credit roll on the screen or materialize on the screen before the end scene or just as the movie ends. Could have been a psychic event, you know. You never know. Hey, you never know. But and then I always heard after that that Spielberg directed a large portion of the film because there was issues on the set and blah blah blah. Right. So. Yeah. So supposedly he was doing a lot of sec- B roll stuff and you know c- jumping in when you know things are happening. Now here, but another thing that kind of supports the Toby Hooper, you know, wasn't really directing the film theory is if you right. go back in his previous history, obviously Texas Chainsaw Massacre is what put him on the map. Uh, then he did sure. Eaten Alive after that. There are two other films that he was replaced on before Poltergeist. Which were. He did a film called The Dark, which was a zombie film that at the last minute they decided we should do an alien film instead. Okay. <laughs> so huh. they they they, cha- they they did like laser beams coming out of the eyes at the last minute. He was replaced on that film uh, early on in the in the filming. Wow. Then after okay. that, uh, and that was in '79. Okay. Then uh, the same year he was doing Salem's Lot, the TV show, and then in 1981 he came out with Funhouse. And um, Venom, which is uh, the kidnappers kidnapped this kid, and the kid accidentally received a poisonous snake, this uh, mamba, instead of a, a garden snake from the pet store, and so <laughs> it becomes it becomes kidnappers versus a killer snake. Uh-huh. Now he was replaced on that one too, uh, with the first one with in, with the dark. He was, I think it was blatantly. I didn't find much about that because it's not a very well-known film. But no. he just—he was replaced because of uh, he wasn't doing it right or whatever. For Venom, uh, it looks like the main reason he was replaced was because he was psychologically abused by Klaus Kinski and Oliver Reed. <laughs> Apparently, the two of them even bragged, or at least Klaus Kinsey even bragged to later uh, to the other director later that yeah, we got him off. We just harangued him until he gave up. <laughs> There's, I mean, Klaus Kinsey's fucking insane to begin with, and apparently Oliver Reed didn't like Klaus Kinsey. So on the set, Oliver Reed would just taunt Kinsey until he lost his lost his temper. Wow, which and I'm they, sure for Kinsey was a very very short. Uh, temper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and then apparently they both ganged up on Toby Hooper. So like like two weeks in, Toby called it quits, and they had to replace him. Jesus Christ. They they called it they called it you know um, artistic differences. So it, it, so whether or not it, it's it's supposed it actually shows a I'm not saying it says that shows that he's incompetent or anything, but it does show that he had a history in the past of not being able to direct certain films. So. I, and, and honestly, I, I will just say, like, you, when you watch Poltergeist and you watch every other Toby Hooper film, you don't... It feels you, different. Yeah. The, the, it's a totally different feel. And it could be, like you said, it could be Spielberg being a control freak and helping direct the vision. Or it could just be that the motherfucker directed the thing. Because it feels more like a Spielberg film. Or it feels more like a film separated from Spielberg. Like, I have to direct this, but I can't make it look exactly like my shit. Because then everyone's going to know that I did it. 
Because there are certain scenes in this movie, specifically the scene where the guy, one of the paranormal guys, is in the bathroom ripping off his face. Yeah. It's like, that's Spielberg. That's the same. It totally felt like Spielberg. Oh, no. There was no no bones about it. Spielberg directed that scene. I don't give a fuck if he says he didn't. Well, even more than that, it's literally Spielberg. Those are his hands tearing the flesh off of the face. Oh, was it really? Oh, yeah. Okay. I yo, you know what? I think I do remember reading that those were his hands. <laughs> now, so, and also, it, so I mean, there's there's a lot to add to the whole theory that okay, uh, the fact that he was contractually obliged not to direct another film while ET was happening, but ET was being delayed, so he's there. It it you it, as, a, answer me this question. This is Spielberg. Jaws is out. Close Encounters of the Third Kind is out. Raiders of the Lost Ark is out. He's a big name director. This yep. is a big budget film. He's doing two big budget films. He's doing Poltergeist, which I probably wasn't obviously not as big a budget as ET. But this is this is a major studio person, even at this point early in his career, right? Absolutely. So he brings so so he can't direct it. So they bring on a horror film director, right? <laughs> which. At the Doesn't time, make sense. who's been pulled off of two other films just recently in the last three years? Yeah. So Spielberg, the studio's doing it. Spielberg, Spielberg says, "Hey, listen, listen, listen. I can't direct this, but you know what? Have you seen that Salem's Lot TV show? I think we can get that guy." <laughs> so, so I mean, it really for me, it has the feel of not that oh, Toby Hooper came on and he couldn't handle it, and so Spielberg had to pick up the slack, but rather, hey, listen, here's the deal. You direct, you technically direct the film. I'm not allowed to. But I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be kind of directing. But you get the credit, and you get the film and everything. I just want to be there because it's my baby. Right, and it's executive produced by Spielberg, which is right. bigger than the producer credit. When and, you're but, executive and, producer, people don't know that. Being executive producer is bigger than producer. And, and how do you tell me how you sign off on Toby Hooper replacing Spielberg directing this big film? Exactly. How does the studio sign off of that unless even Spielberg's like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, yeah, he's directing. You're cool with this, right? And because <laughs> Toby Hooper is such a, uh, a smaller-time director, and he, and I'm sure I'm sure he knew Toby Hooper, and like there was a camaraderie. He's like, okay, you're not going to get freaked out when I, when I pull my control thing because you understand. You're not going to fight me for control after your name's on there because Toby Hooper, as the director, could have actually started shit with Spielberg and got him off the set. Oh, I'm sure of it. Yeah, so he, so you bring in somebody that's friendly with you that you know is not going to fight with you. Hey, this is a big break for you. Uh, just let me do my thing, and you, the film's in your name. I totally buy that, and I don't think it's I, a, a negative towards Toby Hooper, in any way. No, definitely not. And you know the thing is, it's it's when you watch uh, a lot of the film, a lot of those scenes, like even the one that's on right now where Craig T. Nelson is showing. I love you know, Craig T. Nelson. He's I've great. never liked Craig T. I I don't like Craig T. Nelson more than anything else other than Poltergeist and even Poltergeist too. I like him in to an extent. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I know it's animated, but the The Incredibles, one of my favorite films with him. Mm. I mean, yeah. it's just his voice, but it's he's great. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. It counts. <laughs> Tell me it doesn't count. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, but like scenes like that, those are easy scenes to direct. They're just dialogue, you know. When you get down to the real, the real, you know, nitty gritty stuff that Spielberg is known for, like the special effects, the visual stuff, 
those have Spielberg's marks all over it. Even the style of special effects, uh, just like the way uh, the 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 actual poltergeists are are the apparitions are put on the screen, the way the light shines off of them, the way it moves around in the house, it's all Spielberg. That's all like the special of like uh, uh, what was it, Industrial Light and Magic? I think that's mm -hmm. who did the film. I mean, that's. I mean, I know Lucas used them. I know James Cameron used them. I know Spielberg used them. But that's those are those are his people. I think Industrial Light and Magic is Lucas's company. I think he owns it. But um, but you know the thing is, it it mm. it feels what no no. I, I had a brief glitch on my internet. Keep going. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, it feels way too much like a Spielberg movie. Even All, like the, the establishing... Specifically, the special effects. Even the establishing shot pans. Mm-hmm. Really. Uh, it's, it's, it has... Watch that, and then watch Toby Hooper's uh, Life Force and tell me that it's the same director. Oh, yeah, it's not. Yeah. Not, so, no fucking way. I, it, it's, it's just one of those things where it's it's... Yeah, this is the way we have to sell it, but everybody knows it's not. Yeah. So, definitely. Now, so so uh Poltergeist the first film. Correct. And any any anything we want to talk about that. I mean, we got the two films to compare. That's going to take a little bit. So, I mean, I just rewatched it for the first time in like 10 years. So, I have a couple things that were fresh in my head watching it. Okay. Uh and we're talking the, the remake, thing, right? No, no, the original. First, the original. The original. I, okay. I haven't, I haven't watched it in ten years. Obviously, I'm talking about the first film. <laughs> I'm, I'm half paying attention to you. That's my fault. Oh, why? What are you doing? Because I'm looking up uh, the, the Industrial special light effects. Magic? Yeah. Yeah, you hurt my feelings. What are you talking? I'm you sorry. Um, I'm sorry. So was, we were talking about Dominique Dunn, and she plays uh, Dana in the movie, mm -hmm. in the first film. Uh, all right. No, cast not casting any aspersions on the actress herself, but the character Dana, big yes. whore. <laughs> uh, are, you, whore. Are, you, are, are you saying like like the character in the film is a big whore? That's what I just said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Dana is a big whore. You um, have my attention. Now, the, the last <laughs> time we see her in the film, she's out with a boy. Uh, this is just before the house implodes. Right. And when she gets there, she jumps out of the car. Her boyfriend's dropping her, or the boy's dropping her off. And she has, as big as day, huge hickeys on the side of her neck. I never oh. noticed that before. She's like, what, 15? I mean, that's what they did. Uh, she's, she's supposed to be 16, and the mother's supposed to be 31. So that means she had her when she was like 15. Because she's also a big whore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, in the, the first time we see her, uh, the, one of the, uh, Craig T. Nelson's friends is bringing beer into the back of the house and she's in the kitchen eating ice cream and pickles that's right she's fucking pregnant she's already knocked up she's out riding around with boys <laughs> she's already knocked up she <laughs> uh do you think that's a part of the the story uh, the plot that they didn't delve into no i i think that spielberg uh had a lot of small details in the film that that's not that aren't mentioned but are important. Like something that I don't know if I ever noticed before, but when they first, um, when they have the whole sliding chair thing in the kitchen, the first night of the poltergeist thing. Right. Right. Uh, and they go to the neighbor to ask him if they've had anything flying around. They're getting eaten up by insects outside 
but the neighbor's not. It's just uh, it's just uh, Steve and uh, Diane. Right. They're being eaten alive by insects. And Holly pointed out to me, I was like, oh, it's kind of weird. I never noticed that before. And she's like, yeah, but that's because death is lingering on them now because they're out of the, because of the, the poltergeist. It's like the insects wow. smell death on them. It's like, holy shit, I never thought of that. Wow, that's, that's like, pretty... How, how subtle and interesting is that they never bring it up? Also, they slightly imply, uh, and then they, they, they hammer it to death with a fucking mallet in Poltergeist 2, but in the first film, they slightly imply that Carol Ann has psychic powers and that the mother did when she was her age, too. When really? the mother's when when the their first bedroom scene when they're both getting high, uh, which is, uh, I, I I honestly see Poltergeist as an attack on middle class suburbia. There's a lot about it, and the whole idea of these 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 uh, middle class parents that used to be hippies, you know, they're smoking pot and reading you know Republican books now, but they used to. Be, <laughs> he's That's reading right. a Ronald Reagan book, uh, but she's she's reading a psychology book talking about how yeah I used to. Uh, she sleepwalks like I used to when I was her age. You know, one time I went, I, I slip, sleepwalked and went to the stranger's car and fell asleep. So she's having the same mental disorders her daughter had at that age, and it's those, it's that weird disorder of hers that's making her susceptible to being con- contacted from the other side. And they, they just kind of, they put it there and they don't do a thing with it. It's beautiful because like you just draw your conclusions slowly. Wow. There's little things like that in in the, in the yeah. first that that, that wa- watching it again is like oh that's interesting. Huh. Uh, but yeah, Dana's a big whore. She's a big whore. Big whore. That's why her boyfriend strangled her. And, <laughs> you, wow. you, you are a whore, aren't you? And she's like, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I Not admit cool, it. Not, Not cool. cool, man. Not cool. <laughs> it's too soon. Too soon. Really? Thirty years? Uh, <laughs> no. Years Not too soon. soon? Uh. Anyway, um, um, yeah, that's just like one thing that popped in my head, like watching the film for, for the first uh, first time in, in a decade or so. It's just uh, those little pieces, and and I, like again, I, I I still think of I I watching the film now. I was like, this is, film is a huge attack on like middle class suburbia because these two parents are really they're, they're lax parents. They're not very authoritative. Remember the scene uh, uh, when Carol Ann is in the ether and they're and they're trying to communicate, and she's like, well, which one are you? punishes the child it's like we don't punish the child you know it's like yeah tell her you spankers and we never spank her it's like these are two parents that are just like they're kind of like okay just let them do their own thing N- they're right. not authoritative they don't punish their kids they you know their kids just kind of run wild they're hippies uh yeah exactly they're 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 the yuppie they're hippies turned yuppies and it's kind of an indictment of that whole clay and ironically before it became really big in the 90s this is 82 that that spielberg's kind of pointing out this thing whether right. it's you know intentional or not uh and you just get, get that get that kind of feeling that you know they're not you know, they're kind loving nice parents but they're not really great parents yeah and, hence why her daughter's probably knocked up <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a, uh so i mean things like that become more apparent to me watching it now in my 40s you know i'm, I'm not just watching the ghost stuff sure uh Something else I liked, uh, did, um, and this is gonna. Oh, I think we lost Scott. Oh, Mr. Wilson, are you there, Mr. Wilson? We just ended. I. Oh. Yep. 
anyway. Um, so I got, um, I have something up on the screen here, uh, where it, it, it had, oh, here we go. Are you there? Yeah, if, I, if you lose me, just keep talking until I come back. Oh, I, I, I try. All right. But Actually, anyway, you your turn. You interrupted me. <laughs> I'm sorry, then your turn. Uh, I found something online, uh, and one of the things is who really directed Poltergeist. Uh-oh. And, uh, well, what it, basically what it says is, if you believe the credits, Poltergeist was co-written and produced by Steven Spielberg and directed by Toby Hooper. Okay. It says, however, the cast and crew have been telling a different story uh, since the film's production. Speculation got so intense that the DGA led an inquiry after the LA Times printed a story on May 24th, 1982, implying that Spielberg was the real director. Stock with quotes from the cast on who is running what Spielberg outright states that he wasn't the director and didn't want to be the director because he was too busy working on E.T. This is all stuff that you touched on and I touched on. Mm -hmm. But that didn't stop him from altering a large percentage of the shots, storyboarding, the entire movie, editing, and being a large presence on the set almost every day. Uh, on the 25th anniversary, Hooper told the AV Club that the whole thing was just a giant misunderstanding brought on by the LA Times. Of course, Toby. Of course. Uh, no, I do believe that Spielberg was there every day, and I do believe that's like what we just talked about, I do believe well, he was. That Spielberg absolutely right. directed this fucking movie, and he threw Toby Hooper a bone, and pretty much, realistically, gave him assistant director status. Like, here, direct all this dialogue shit. <laughs> I'll handle all the hard stuff, like uh, the special effects and uh, stuff that moves the story. Yeah, well... I mean, I read the interview with Toby Hooper, and he, he pretty much blames the uh, L.A. was L.A. Times. L.A. Times. Yeah, because he said what happened was they came to the set to do interviews, and uh, Spielberg was doing uh, B-roll shots of the pool, and so they came. And was like, "Oh, where's Toby?" He said, "Well, I'm I'm doing this shot." And then the next time they showed up, uh, Toby Hooper was shooting something somewhere else while Spielberg was doing B-rolls of the cars race, the little remote control cars for the opening. Okay. And he's like, and so next thing you know, they're writing, "Hey, we don't know who's directing this movie." It's like, "Oh, come on!" And and it all skyrocketed from there. That's what he says. And I mean, I, I don't doubt that that's how that rumor got out. Right. Because every time they showed up, Spielberg was directing something. And like, "Hey, I thought you weren't directing this." He says, "Yeah, you don't think that everything's shot by the main director? You know, you know what a B crew is, right?" <laughs> Have you heard of the term B-roll? You're reporting on films. So. <laughs> Except I like, believe that Toby Hooper was doing the B shit. Well, and Spielberg was directing the movie, or or T Toby was doing stuff that Spielberg felt he could do, or yeah, like I said, he's like yeah, yeah, go, go, so go direct I, Craig T. Nelson talking to people. I I think both <laughs> I think both can be correct. I think it can be correct, like w w the way we were surmised, and it can be that the only reason that got out of hand and became a public rumor was because the L.A. Times pinched a stink after the after they showed up two times, and in both times they found Spielberg directing something, right. So they accidentally, yeah. you know, or just now. How come there was such there was such a downtime with ET? What was going on with that? Uh, there was I, I didn't I didn't look into it, but there were some delays in it. They were they were um, planning both of them at the same time, and there was some kind of delay at finishing ET. Well, finishing ET, fine. That makes more sense because you know finishing. No, it was, it was some yeah. kind of post production thing where, and that was why because they overlapped and he couldn't direct. A film until E.T. was done but there was some kind of post-production stuff that was delaying the ending it so that he wouldn't have been able to direct Poltergeist because of that. Got it. 
Yeah, that that was the problem. And also, I mean, and compare the two films. If if Toby Hooper directed one and Spielberg directed the other, look at the similarities. Not, I mean, obviously the similarities in the writing. Both films take place in this kind of middle class suburbia. Just what? Just look at the camera work between those two films. Yep, it's very similar. Even the special effects are almost identical. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it just not. Nah, this is and, Spielberg's movie. And if the director, I'll always, controls, I'll always think that it is too. If the director controls the vision of the film, Spielberg directed. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. All right. So, do we want to move on to the remake now? Well, probably because there's more things we can mention as far as comparing the two of them. Everybody knows sure. the first Poltergeist. Um, I can't think of anything else. I, I honestly, I love Craig T. Nelson and Poltergeist. I'm not a Craig T. Nelson fan. I, I, I just, even I just, like Craig T. Nelson and Turner <laughs> fucking hooch. That's how much <laughs> I like Craig T. Nelson. Um, I'm not that big of a fan, but uh, <laughs> I like Turner. And all, the one thing I love the Poltergeist, the first film, is I thought the dialogue was very organic. Yeah, I'm not saying 100 realistic, but organic. No. Really, and I really like the fact that Poltergeist pulled something off that I don't think many others have been able to. Poltergeist stops. And takes a good ten or fifteen minutes to discuss philosophical, theological uh, um, theories with the audience. Right. The 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 parapsychologist, who apparently is a psychologist by her degree, but is taking up parapsychology or ghost hunting or whatever as her thing. She she takes spends this long time giving this hushed tone idea, uh, not like uh, theory of what is heaven and hell, but the psychological makeup that would make an angry spirit or these malicious spirits in the, in the afterlife. Uh, and I thought watching it now as an adult, like this is ingenious. This is not, this isn't pandering to the audience. This isn't explaining, Oh, uh, we know what this is. Like, no, this is like theorizing is like taking the, the human personality and then projecting it into a, uh, a kind of an ether and then saying, all right, if you've got a bad person out here, personality, in this kind of nether realm in between worlds, this might result, and this could be the cause of that. I, I, ten minutes into it, I'm like, holy shit, am I just listening to somebody whisper for ten minutes? What the fuck? <laughs> so well pulled off, and so opposite what they do in Poltergeist the remake, which in Poltergeist they just say, oh, you know what, tell you what, see, here's two pieces of paper with circles on them, look, now they're together, now they're apart. That's what the afterlife is. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm glad we got everything that out. is dumbed down. Whenever they do remakes, for the most part, some of them get them right, uh, but for the most part, it's just dumbed down. They basically take the information that's been given to them with the original. They basically put that down in storyboards and say, okay, what can we do that's the same? What can we do that's different? And usually the stuff that they do different is mostly polar opposite stuff, like we were talking about before. And it becomes, even though it's it's the opposite, it it I find myself getting angry, you know, because as I watch the film, I'm like, okay, the daughter isn't blonde hair, blue eyes, she's brown hair, brown eyes. Okay, she's still creepy oh, because they do that. Oh, she doesn't say they're here. She says they're coming. It's like, come on, the mother doesn't go into the hole. The father, they make you think he is for a split second. Then that's the actual. It's the brother. So it's like, oh. You know, okay. But you know it's not the mother. You know it's not going to be her. You know it's going to be something different, and that's what they do. They still come through the ceiling all covered in goop. In the original, it was like this gelatinous shit. In the second one, it's more like fucking ectoplasm from Ghostbusters. It's like, right. give me a fucking break already. 
All right, let me calm <laughs> you down. Let me calm you down here. Uh, uh, all right. Now, may, uh, I thought it was interesting that they did try to. It seemed like they tried to combine certain aspects of Poltergeist Two into the remake of the first one. Right. Uh, now, in the in the first film, uh, Diane and Steve. Uh, Di- uh, Steve is a. Um, He's a salesperson. He sells the houses. He's not right. a developer. He's not. Which, in my mind, I remember him being a developer when I watched it as a kid. But no, he, he's he's a salesperson. So he's just, and he's a number one salesperson. And they're living in this house for you know since it was built, so maybe a year or two. In the remake, they're buying a house, and the uh, they changed all the names, so it's not Steve in the remake. It's uh, Eric, uh, right. Sam Rockwell. I will watch Sam Rockwell in anything. I love Sam Rockwell, I, and it, yeah, it, it he, pains me that he was in this remake. And and when we started watching the film, I'm like, he's still he's still pretty good in the in the movie. Him, is, not the movie, is. just him. And yeah, I'm like, is. it's a paycheck because you can't do all the indie shit every time and expect to you know oh, to yeah. live on that. You sometimes you got to take the big budget movies. And thank God he was in there because it was the one shining light that kept me like you know, not hating this film as I was in it. Right. Now, so in the, in the film though, they're buying the house. Uh, so they buy the house without knowing anything happening. They're not involved in the production or the of the uh, area, and he just lost his job. Uh, now I got into a brief argument with Holly because I thought, okay, here's something, maybe, maybe some stuff they're trying to imply here that's not coming across. She's like, okay, who buys a house after they lose their job? Right. And my my argument and all was, their cards are maxed out and everything. My argument was this is probably them downsizing from a larger McMansion that they shouldn't have bought. And so now they have to find a smaller, more affordable house, and and that's right. And the kids do allude to that. We liked our old house better, and it makes that does make sense. And I did think that uh, as well. That it's just like, all right, let's sell our other house. We're going to use the money to buy this house, and we don't really. Maybe they come out, you know, even because they bought a smaller house. It's like we can't afford the taxes on the first house, let alone the mortgage. So let's just, yeah. I mean, so that I was able to make sense of i don't know how easy it is to buy a house after you've been laid off i'm not sure well, about those just 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 as a person right now going through just a simple fucking refinance of my house <laughs> they need to know that i have the money to pay for the closing costs even though they don't want me to pay for the closing costs if right. that makes no fucking sense it's like mm-hmm. listen you got to prove to us uh, okay. you can pay the closing costs but we don't want you to Joey. So, in, to, I know, I'm I know sorry. it's a it's a different show, but the the thing of it is, it isn't easy to just go buy another house if you've lost your job. You, I had right. to show two fucking p- recent within the last thirty days of pay stubs uh, to refi, not to buy a house. When we were buying, it was more difficult. I'm, I'm I had to sorry. show them three months of pay stubs. Everyone is sorry right now. I know. I'm not sorry. <laughs> Scott Scott put me on this path. <laughs> I, I apologize. I apologize. So um, no, it is it yes, suspension of disbelief. That's all it really is. You can all, only chalk it up to that. But it is extremely but, difficult to buy a house, and it's even more sorry. difficult if you so, don't have a job. And I, I feel like don't get me made, started on no doc loans. Oh, <laughs> I feel like they made decisions like that in this film, uh, to try to create this tension in the household, which the right. first film didn't have. It was here's a happy family. And now we're going to introduce this, you know, this this weirdness into their lives and cause friction. And this was like, okay, let's take a family that's already frictioned. <laughs> They're already, you know, just just clawing at each other. And now let's make it worse. 
it's 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 a transition, and I guess maybe they did that because go into a, in a remake, you know what's happening, so you don't you don't have the luxury of spending the long time with the build up. But right. I just think it was a bad call. It throws too many questions in the beginning of the film. Yeah, uh, no, and true. and then they had to do the whole weird thing of hey. My cards got rejected, so the one that did, you know what? I'm going to go on a spending spree in the mall so I can make sure that we have a drone that we can use later on when we have to fly it into the, uh, into, um, the nether. Yeah, and, and what's interesting about that scene, when, when they, they push out that shot with the drone with the sun using it, and I told Mayor when that scene happened, I go, yeah, these drones, uh, they actually had to tone down the video on that drone to make it look shitty because... <laughs> I'll tell you, these drones can do 1080p, 30 frames a second, or 23 frames per second. It can do all that stuff. All of the expensive aerial helicopter crane shots that they were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on, you can do with one of these drones for 200 bucks. Right. So they had to make it look shitty because it's like, okay, we have, we have now- to make this shot look shitty because, if, because we have to show that we're using a, a, a toy. When in reality um, is, it looks pretty goddamn good. And and I think that leads up to one of the problems with remaking a film twenty years later. Uh, this this day and age is there's this this um, and you're you're gonna definitely agree with me on this. There is this weird need to inject technology into the film to prove that it's happening now. Uh yeah, no you're right. Now now the original Poltergeist while it was filmed in 1982 we're talking what 30 years ago 32 years ago yeah 33 years ago i'm sorry the film while it takes place in a different time period is not dated if you're not obsessed with the fact that they're talking on a phone that has a wire on it there's nothing that really dates even the equipment that they use they still to some degree use that type of uh, equipment Still video it's a, cameras. They still have. There's still you know yeah. Still video so, cameras, but even I'm talking about like the uh, I think they're called ectometers, uh, where huh. they can uh, they can uh, they have these meters that can sense energy and things like that. They still use. They might be a bit better technology now, but the mm-hmm. technology, not the better technology, the equipment is better made. Uh, but the technology is still pretty much the same to to uh, to detect energy and things like that. So it's like even shit like that. Yeah, the equipment's older, but it does the same job as anything they're using now. It's not like we're watching a film from the 30s and, you know, they have a crank phone and and there's somebody right. operating the elevator. It's 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 not dated. So they do the remake and we have to make sure it, you've seen it I th- and think I know about the only thing that's dated is the fucking television. Which and again, still produces a picture, sound and and whatnot, but Right. So, but so, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you cringed at a lot of these scenes I did where it's like, okay, my cell phone. You use my cell Oh, are we talking about... You're not going to, you know... Would you, we may have to make sure that the teenager has the cell phone and she talks about it and she films people with it because every right. teenager in the world does this, of course. And the film would not make any sense if we didn't do that. And, of course, we have to have the fucking drone in there. Uh, and, of course, drone, we, we got to make... cell phone. Sh- Even when she loses signal on, on her cell phone, it's like, yeah, cell phones don't do that. <laughs> What's happening to your phone right now doesn't happen. That happens to like a transistor radio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, do, it doesn't even happen to the fucking uh, HD television that they have in the next room. And That doesn't when happen. Teen- when a teenager is listening to music on her cell phone 
and it, 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 it stops working. She doesn't walk around the house waving it like a Geiger counter trying to figure out what's causing it. She either just complains about it to her friends or she calls tech support <laughs> and complains about it to them. And then Exactly. And exactly. Oh, oh, and let's make sure we have her Skyping with her friend on her bed. We gotta have uh, we we have to show the laptop so you know that this is nine the two thousand and whatever and with Skype yeah, yeah, just inject that shit in there so we know that it's because God forbid if we don't have that technology in there we won't know when it is. Uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, and, and also also extra kudos to Poltergeist uh, the remake for being uh for being brave enough to have a teenage daughter portrayed as a completely fucking rabid bitch that you'd like to beat to death with a pool cue. Very original. Never see that oh, happen in, in films. Never saw it, no. Uh, especially yeah. when she comes into the kitchen and, and basically tells the mom, it's like, I'll get a job when you get a job. It's like, oh, you're, you're her it's, job. It's like, just, enough. It's, you know, Stop. The, um, um, yeah. You okay? You alright? What's her name? What? Joe Beth Williams? No. Oh, uh, no, the actress, DeWitt, what's her face? Actress from the first film. Joe Beth Williams. Yeah, why am I fucking blanking? I don't know, I, th I, I oh. thought you were going with the, the woman that the daughter. played oh, the, Joe Beth Williams in the second in the remake, Rosemary DeWitt. Alright, the, 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 uh, we were just talking about the daughter in the first film, the teenage daughter. Yeah, And Dunn. I don't know why I'm losing the name totally right now. It's something, Olivia Dunn, not Olivia Dunn, um, something Dunn. Oh, <laughs> Dominique yeah. Dunn. Dominique Dunn. Why am I fucking blanking on that? God damn it. Don't worry about it. Um, anyway, Dominique Dunn, uh, in the first film, she played a typical teenager. Okay, yeah, she's on the phone a lot. She's getting knocked up. She's out with boys. She thinks her <laughs> she, younger younger. Oh, another thing. Another reason it proves that they're like a hippie family. They got a, they have a teenage daughter in high school and then like two elementary school uh, children. What does that tell right. you? Well, Not planned. Yeah. Not planned. You were an accident. And we'd love you less. <laughs> but even, but they managed to portray her as just like a real teenager without going out of the way. Say, okay, and she's going to annoy the living shit out of you to the point that you want to stab her in the eye. Uh, yeah. Why do we have to do that? Well, I wouldn't want to stab her in the eye. But I, uh, I don't know. Maybe that Be makes somewhere it sound. Somewhere else. Like, but, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just saying cut her a little. Hey. That's all. I, that's all I'm saying, but yeah, we, why do we have to take that like really cheesy? The, oh, we're trying to make her a realistic teenager. No, you're not. You're trying to make her a fucking stereotype so we can hate her, and then like she's like endearing later on, and, and yeah, right. Bah. Uh, so I mean, th those are some of the major issues I had with the remake as far as uh, plot choices and inserting the fucking modern technology in there. Uh, now. Was there anything that that bothered you? Well, I've got, I mean, I've got a list, but I had to stop and let you talk. <laughs> yeah, you got a list. Uh, the, well, I mean, the fact that it's made bothers me. Okay, I mean, they had the the stupid no uh, the, the the clown, you know, uh, the kid. I, I, you know what? I when the kid abandons his sister and he gets swallowed by the tree, I was like, good. Good. That's what you get for giving up on your family, you fucking little shit. Okay, but I I immediately recognized it for what it was was a new character arc. Where okay, now it's going to be less about the the because the the original family really didn't have it that much. And that's All what they, they had did. Was like, 
Yeah, so you, the minute that happens, like, okay, someone's going to be seeking redemption in the third act. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 that, and that's... No, no, that's fine. Um, but, you know, they, they introduce the clown again. Now, the, what's interesting about the, the clown is someone had made a post... Um, well, I think it might have even been uh, Chris Wolner. He said that they made the cra- the clown creepier. Right. And uh, and even so, I don't think it works like it did in the first film. It it works less because they made it creepier. R- right. Well, because- and you know what's interesting too? I was telling the story last night. The clown from the first film. I don't know if that was a mass-produced toy or it was it, just I- a huge fucking coincidence. I I've had that, that clown. No, I've I've heard from other people that was a mass-produced toy. I had that fucking clown growing up. That's what I've heard. Yeah, no, that's what I've heard. And and you know what? There, it, it's like taking something too far. The reason that clown was creepy was because it was a clown, and because you could see, like like Holly's like, well, why does the kid have it on his chair then? Says I'll tell you why. Because the mother says, oh, remember that clown? You love your clown. I'm gonna put the clown right here for you so you can sleep with it. And yeah. like, and this is all implied. Again, this is the genius of the first film. So the kid's like. She wants the clown there, and I can't. I'm not going to tell mom I hate the clown. Maybe the grandmother gave the clown to to him for Christmas. It's like, yeah, mom. Mom thinks I love the clown. That's why it's so great at the end when he finally like defeats the clown, and he just like goes crazy, tearing the stuffing out. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I hate. He's, been, <laughs> he's been dealing with hatred of that clown for a long fucking time. Long yeah. time. Mine. So, uh, I had mine hanging from my ceiling, or that's where my mother put it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just hanging from my ceiling. It's like, oh, God, really? This <laughs> well, fucking thing so, stared at me every night. Yeah, and then, so the remake, they had... So, okay, we made it so creepy that there's no way in the world any mother with with, ha- with that doesn't hate her child would buy this toy for him. So they had to make... Oh, they find it in a crawl space with all these other creepy clowns. Because that's something that's not getting thrown out right away. A collection of creepy clowns we found in a crawl space in the attic. No! The mother's obviously <laughs> going to leave those there. They're, yeah. They're, they're it could be worth something. It, oh, this is, uh, this is the Spielberg scene where he's ripping off his face. <laughs> I, I, have, to, I now, have to watch this with the audience. Oh, It's such a great scene, too. Now, there's another character that they... they it, it's like those things where they just they take it too far in the remake. So that's the character... Um, I forget his name. With the glasses... And he's the one where he's like, you know, I, you know, it might be something coming from a CB. I'm gonna check it out. And he's eating their food. He's not an he's not a raving asshole, but you just like him a little bit less than the black guy. <laughs> you no. Know? So, but in the remake, so the, in the remake, they make the they take the same character, make him younger, so you can hate him because ha- hating younger people is easier. And they have him like just coming right out and telling the little girl, you're making the whole thing up so you get, or the little boy, so you can, you can, you're making the whole thing up so you get a TV, can't you? And he's just, he's being a jerk is what he's being. So then <laughs> when the ghosts terrorize him with the power drill, you're like, good, good, because you deserved it. it. It's it's just, it's blatant, sloppy, lazy, not sloppy, lazy writing. Not sloppy at all, but lazy, very lazy writing. It is lazy. It's definitely yeah. lazy. And again, instead of a black guy, it was a black girl. <laughs> and her character came out of nowhere. I remember when, well, I remember when they went to go see them, and then they come to the house, and the guy is setting up, and she's like, "Did you do the whatever, whatever?" And I'm like, "Where the fuck did she come from? <laughs> like, who are you? Who let you in here?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, now, don't rob um, us, please. Ooh. 
Can we talk about the biggest change between the two films, which would be um, uh, swapping out the midget for the Irishman? <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, now, um, I, I, I like which Jared is Hitch. that set up in the beginning of the film with the daughter on her laptop. Uh-huh. Because she's oh, yeah, watching that TV. show with her friend on the laptop. Like, her friend doesn't have TV or something. Right. I don't know. <laughs> now, I don't know where they came from. Maybe it was Antarctica. I don't let know. Me, let me ask you, uh, what is your opinion of that change before I say anything? <sighs> Again, they're not, not going to use a female in the part. Uh, it's like what I said. Uh, they, they just do the exact opposite. It's just another change. It's like, listen, it's a woman. We're going to use a man. It's not like they're going to go get Danny DeVito and make it a small man. Uh, <laughs> there's something in the like or Peter Dinklage. Maybe they contacted Peter Dinklage. He was fucking busy making pixels. I don't know. Maybe doing Game of Thrones. But I, I wouldn't be surprised. Him, by the way. I, I still like him. I know you don't. I, I like his acting. I just, I, As a person, I think he, he's he's got a shitty... Uh, you never attitude. met him. So... Uh, Interviews I've read. Shut up. Yeah, you've read. It's it's different. Um, I'm allowed to shit talk people if I want to. Sure, if you meet them. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'll remember that. I'll remember that the next time you tear into an actor you don't like. I remember that. Uh, I ahead. don't really tear. Okay, never mind. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if I did did enough digging. If they contacted Peter Dinklage and he just couldn't do it or just flat out said no. I wouldn't be surprised. But my take on it is they were never going to use a female in that part at all. That, that's guarantee. The fact mm-hmm. that they use a, a, Scots, a Scottish guy or an Irish guy or whatever the Scottish, fuck he Irish. is. I, I'm embarrassed now because I don't know which... which uh, he's The character, the, the actor is English. Uh, I, no, he's Irish. He's but Irish. He was, born in, he was born in England, but he's Irish. Okay, fine. So he's probably in, uh, he's playing an Irish guy in the movie. He's Richard Harris's son, so yeah. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Anyway, uh, well, which would make sense about English, Irish, whatever. Um, but they were never going to use a female. I, I th- Why they didn't try to make the character more of the same, it's because they don't do that shit with remakes. So that's my take on, on that. Right. Now, They're just going to do the polar opposite no matter what. I, w- I don't think it was a polar opposite. Well, all right, tall and male as opposed to short and female. I'll give you that. And an accent. I mean, you can't get more different. Well, she kind of had an accent too, just not Irish. Yeah, Jewish. I was thinking Southern, but okay. Sure, Jewish um, Southern accent. All right, there you go. Her, her um, name, her real name was what? Zelda Rubenstein or something like that. I'm talking about the character, not the actress. Yeah, no, no, no. I know, but. You know what? You're not going to be able to get, you know, you're not going to take that much Jewish out of her. Wow. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I'm, I'm going to gloss over that that comment and just plow right what? ahead. That, that uh, wasn't anti-Semitical uh, or anything. I, I didn't accuse you of being anything. I'm just saying I'm going to move I think, on. I think that was I, kind of, uh, you were. I, I think that I like, I approve of their decision to redo that character as like a ghost hunter TV type character there. Uh, I, I think the fact that there's a predominant ghost hunter bullshit shows now and that the whole parapsychology thing is the norm. I thought it was a good call. It was an easy thing to translate to the audience that they're familiar with. And I also like the fact 
that it was okay. I do this shitty show on on TV, but when I do this in the real world, I'm I, I'm not that character. That's something I do for money. I'm serious about this, and I know my shit. It was much, it was much better than taking the cheap shot of oh, now somebody comes in and doesn't know what he's doing. I liked that. I, I didn't mind his character. I like him, that actor. Uh, yeah. So. Now, what I will say is what they didn't do with him is what they did do, and I, I talked about a few minutes ago uh, in the first film, was that the first film had those long stretches of conversation with uh, with the psychologist talking about, you know, theorizing about why poltergeists exist, and then with the midget talking about, you know, this is what they're doing and what they're trying to do, and really talking about these, these uh, you know, their theories about this whole this unexplained area for him he should have been doing a lot more of that but it's almost like they didn't want to waste the time because they were afraid of boring the audience because they already know the film right he should have done a lot more talking and he should have done what i just talked about with him being uh you know doing the show for money but then being a serious person when he's out in the field he doesn't talk about it they don't spend any real time not, not much at all making that difference you you now you notice it and i all right see you know show don't tell i get that and that's usually good but his character is the kind of character you want to talk for like an hour you, you want him like to theorize and say stuff and and get into like you know i've done this and that and this you know the thing and oh, i don't do you know give me more of the character because you're just assuming we're just assuming we understand him because we saw him on tv and we saw the difference between how he acts like oh okay that's that's his history it's not and they're not making they don't make him mysterious either because he's so uh engaging with everybody he everybody he's likable everyone likes him everybody gets along with him he's he's nice to the kid uh so he's not off they, there's like that one scene where he shows him the leg scar and they're, they're trying to make it it's like all right if you're going to do that make him like uh what's his name in jaws it's just oh, creepy um, with the one eye. Yeah, make yeah. him like completely creepy where no one trusts him in the first place. But don't make him as warm and lovable as the Indian character in part two of the original series, and then try to pull off mysterious and aloof because it's not working. I'm not. I, there's no mystery about him now. Okay. And, I see your and point. he also, and speaking of like them in combining other parts of other movies, he also pulls what, um, and I keep saying the midget, but that's very mean. Um, what was Zelda. what was the character Tangina? Uh, he does in the third in the remake what Tangina does in Poltergeist Three, which is no, no, you spared a family. I'll show you the way to the light. Right, he so does they, that. Yeah, so they lift that from the third film, and then when when uh, Sam Rockwell sees like blood coming out of his face and the faucet reflection. Well, that's a take on the ripping off the own face in the first and film. It's, and since he was drinking uh, whiskey, it's oh, also it's a, a second the tequila film. of the second film, too. Yeah, so they, they kind of took, instead of like making a direct remake, they kind of said, okay, you know what? We're taking a mishmash of all the three films because we're really just trying to, you know, we're scratch, you know, we're scrapping the bottom of the barrel to try to make something that's interesting without being boring, which you can't do when you're not doing anything original with it, which is the one thing this film does not do is something original with the concept. Nothing at all. Uh, one of the, one part in the film that I oh. misheard, I had to rewind because I thought uh-huh. they actually did something funny or even uh, cool is not the right word. When uh, the Irish actor, the the ghost hunter guy, he they, the kid was asking about you know something to happen to him, and he said, "Oh, that was I thought he said 1987 fruit seller 
this you know the, the whatever <laughs> didn't want to go away and i'm like i'm like i started laughing and mayor's like what would what you laugh for i go did he just say what i think he did and i go you don't know it but i i said it's evil dead 2 fruit cellar uh you know zombie in the basement and i'm like in the fruit cellar and then i rewound it and it was 1997 root cellar i'm like fuck you and fuck you again <laughs> for making me think that you did something even remotely cool like that's my own fault for for mishearing it and like oh. i had to rewind it just to verify and of course it was just fuck you <laughs> speak speaking of um uh homages in the yeah. films uh going back to the first poltergeist for a minute i'm watching this for uh, you know rewatching it blown away at the amount of star wars stuff they're inserting in this kid's room oh yeah spielberg and that's... lucas best buds oh. best but he's got the fucking c3po uh, seat uh, sheets, you know the just. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't have like Lucas digging the pool in the backyard. Well, I mean, like, hey, I'm sure I'm... Lucas. Uh, you know, he stopped by the set a few times because what was the fuck was he doing? They, they toned it um, down in part. In part two, the only product placement I could really see was Mad Magazine, and then. Oh really? <laughs> uh, yeah, but and also in the original, uh, like like the guy's eating Cheetos and the bag is perfectly flat and he's holding it up. So yeah, hold that for like a minute longer just so we can make sure we can see that. It's just <laughs> blatant. Um, but you know, it, we're also talking about at the same time he's shooting ET and and Reese's Pieces. You know, re yep. so he's his he's his as a producer, he's dead on with the fucking product placement. So, oh yeah, yeah we, we masterful. Yeah, let's let's raise some money for this film the 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 horror way. Uh, so yep. seeing that, but in um, oh that's what I wanted to mention too. Speaking of uh, product placement, did you? I I never noticed it before, but I noticed it this time, and I had to look it up. Did you notice when they're uh, at the end of the kitchen sequence with the sliding chairs when Craig T. Nelson is sitting there? He's like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on here, and there's like this weird abrupt cut, and they're suddenly they're outside their neighbor's house. Um. Well, no, I didn't notice it. It they 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 pull it off where it's almost like it's supposed to be uh, like comic, like uh, oh, what do we do? And then boom, we're at the neighbor's house. But right, right, right. It's too abrupt. It's like there's not enough space between the dialogue. Where it's like there's, okay, it feels there's, like there's so something else there. Well, I know there's two cuts of the film. There's a the 114 minute cut and there's a 121 minute cut. And this, hmm, the, the version I, I have is a hundred uh, an hour and 54 minutes, 114 minutes. But there is a one hour and 21 minute cut of the movie and that's possibly what you're mentioning what i'm mentioning like that scene is probably longer i've not seen the 121 minute cut but I'm i don't almost, i don't think i have either i'm almost positive that what i'm talking about is not in that cut either because i don't think they saved it because what happened was the end of that scene is uh dana remarking about how he hates pizza Hut because carolina keeps saying i want pizza hut so at the end of that, he's like, you know, I don't like Pizza Hut. I don't, I, 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 and <laughs> Pizza Hut, uh, being a sponsor of the film, they get their name in there, didn't like a character saying, I don't like Pizza Hut. So they had to cut that at the last minute. So that's not in the 114-minute cut? It's not in the... I, I'm pretty sure... It's the not one, in the yeah. film at all, so you read that somewhere, I guess. I, I read that that's why it was cut out, which, and I, I, again, I was like, it was just a weird cut, and I, I had to figure that out. Uh, so I don't I don't know that huh. it's not in the the uh, uncut version, but I'm willing to bet it's not. Interesting, yeah. They, because they of why it was yeah, cut. If, if you're spending money, you, you you don't like to be bad mouthed. <laughs> well, 
Well, do you remember uh, Pacific Heights, the whole thing with that? The one with uh, Michael Keaton? Yeah. Uh, mm. They got sued because uh, I, it was, I think it was Terminex. Oh, I, think I, do, I think I do remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah when, they, was, when he infests their house. Right, So, and they have like the Terminex guy, and I think it was Terminex, I'm not 100% sure. And the Terminex guy, it's a name brand guy, uh, you know, they, they paid to have product placement. He comes to the house, and then when like the flood comes out, he's like, oh, mine. He's like stomping on him, like, I, this is a madness. And they, apparently, they felt that that was a, bad, a poor representation of their skills as insect killers, and they sued <laughs> the movie afterwards, saying that they were slandered after they had paid for product placement, and I believe they won. Yeah, yeah, I would think they did. <laughs> well, they were not happy with that. So product placement, you you really have to, when you're paying for that license there, or, or they're paying you for that yeah. license, depending on which way it goes, it goes either way, uh, you got to be nice. So you can't, you can't hate Pizza Hut. <laughs> no, definitely not. See, now that I know, I didn't know that there was a, a, a cut that was six minutes longer until today. Um because you know, obviously, doing some homework online and, and going on IMDb, and I'm a, I am a freak when it comes oh. to run times. Yes, I have to are. if I if I own a film, I got to make sure that I have the uncut version or the director's original vision, however you want to call it. If the runtime is 99 minutes, the copy I have that I own better be fucking 99 minutes. So, I took a look today. And I always knew that I had this 114-minute you know, cut. I didn't ever realize that there was a 120-minute... It's called an original cut. So I got to see if I can find that somewhere. Even if it's DVD. Even if it's a VHS rip, I need to see the 120-minute cut. I have, to, I have to know what's different. Do you think hmm. we can find that online real quick? I, I'm already searching. So, yeah, if, you right. wanna, if you want to talk uh, about... Uh, I mean, I, I've been hogging it as far as the difference between the two films. If you want, if you have anything else you want to talk about with the, the remake, no, I mean, it, <laughs> it, nah. well, no, not really. I, I mean, as far as the comparisons go, I think we we touched on everything, or at least you did. I didn't take notes for this, so I'm just going on sheer memory. <laughs> uh, um, let's see, well, Poltergeist. That's another thing they brought from Poltergeist into the Poltergeist remake that doesn't really make too much sense. Was this uh, was the pizza? Right. Okay. Because like in the opening scene, uh, Dana's asleep on the couch on the in like the easy chair with a pizza in his hand, and then you know, oh, we're gonna order Pizza Hut, blah blah. So pizza like is mentioned a bit in the first part of the film, and they they put that in the remake. I don't know, and I also I don't know whether I liked it or not. Was that the remake had the same line? Uh, as I, well, at least it's, it's not like we're talking about an ancient, uh, you know, like a tribal, sacred Indian, yeah, tribal burial ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I, and um, one thing that I do respect them changing in the remake is how they find out about it. Well, yeah. I mean, in the first film, it's a big surprise. It's the big well, get. It's the big reveal. It's, in it's, now, the remake, it's like the movie's thirty-three years old. They just come right. It's in the trailer. Right. <laughs> they just come out and tell you. That's that's correct. But also, I love Craig T. Nelson in the first film. You built the houses on the burial ground, but you never moved the bodies. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> um. But, oh, someone's talking about it here. Bad edit during kitchen scene. Now, Someone brings it up. 
what you're talking about as far as their choice to reveal it earlier and not make the, draw it out, I agree with that. I also agree with the idea that they had to explain in the modern day why he didn't know. Because that's the one thing I'm watching now. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. You've been selling these houses. You work for this company. And you didn't know they built it on a, on a, on a cemetery? Right. How, how did that not come up? But then, of course, the it's question is, all right, 1982, what are your sources of information? Uh, newspapers and the people that did it. That's it. There's really, you know, you're, on television, unless it was a major controversy, you're not going to catch it on the news. You really didn't have access to just all this random information. So in 2015, you have a Poltergeist film. you got to assume that everyone knows that this place was built on a, uh, a cemetery yeah, or where a cemetery used to be. <laughs> so that's why. So it's just a matter of, okay, we're from out of the area. We don't know about this. So we can be blind to it. Whereas the. Uh, the the um, real estate agents like well there's some wiggle room now we then we find out why there was wiggle room and then the people at the dinner party are, yeah we knew about that but at least they can go visit their loved ones in a nicer place now oh I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> which again alludes to the whole idea that they're 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 making a, a downward transition uh, and, and again in part two. Uh, he lost his job. They lost her house. The insurance isn't paying because the house is technically only missing. Uh, he has this whole uh, – Craig T. Nelson has this whole rant in the beginning of part two. And was like, yeah, I like this downward mobility thing. I like, you know, selling vacuum cleaners and blah, blah. And it, it, they kind of took that aspect too of uh, this – the Craig T. Nelson dealing with this fact that he's no longer the breadwinner and he's losing control of everything. And they put that into uh, the well, character. Well, the wife that, being a writer and he's like, you're going to write your book and – well, no, I'm talking about the the male character in that film too, because they're both dealing oh, with the Craig idea. Oh, Craig T. Nelson, they, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. They're both and Sam Rockwell. They both lost their jobs. They're both losing control of everything. Uh, that's and, and that's why Sam Rockwell, even though it makes you can rationalize it as Sam Rockwell having that sudden spending spree as a way of regaining control of his life in the, amidst all of this stuff, it is still just a cheap shot to get that drone in the in the movie for the third act. Okay. Yeah. I'm true. talking way too much. Uh, did you find yeah, out anything about that? It, no. I, I, everyone keeps mentioning the the strange cut, and they're mentioning Pizza Hut, but right. nobody, there's nobody here talking about the different runtimes, which I think is a, a big story. I would think so. Can't find it anywhere. I need to know where I can. It, there's fuck ten threads, Somet and not one. You can usually find lists of like deleted scenes when they do special editions like that, uh, but I, I I was having a little hard time, and they didn't have one on the um, on IMDb either. I didn't notice anything nope. where it mentioned the differences. Usually they have you know see more for detail. I'm but just a doing minute. a search for Poltergeist 120 minutes. Did I Watch check Poltergeist the full? Mo no, that's bullshit. That's a you shit site. What? No, that's one of those sites. Watch Poltergeist, 120 minute cut. It's like fuck you. You're you're a fucking virus site. Poltergeist. Sometimes Poltergeist. IMDb has an alternate versions, but I don't see it there. No. I'm looking at the, because I'm looking at the 2015 one. That's why. I don't even know where I'd fucking find it. Again, IMDb had to change their fucking format, so I can never find what I'm looking for anymore. Alternate versions. Here we go. Alternate versions. Okay. Um, Nothing, right? No. 
Oh, here's one thing for you, Joey. I, this kind What's of supports that? roughly your your thing about the TV at the end of Poltergeist. It okay. says, um, in the 1997-1999 MGM and 2000 Warner DVDs of Poltergeist feature an entirely different end credit sequence. The credits begin roughly 15 seconds earlier over the tracking shot of the Holiday Inn, uh, in which they, and the sequence in which they appear is different, including some rearranging of the cast list. Uh, so that might be one reason why you remember the credits differently than now is because they were different in earlier versions. Yeah, I specifically remember, specifically remember seeing uh, it end with, you know, directed by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, so, I, I, thought, I thought it was a Spielberg film for a long time. Well, it was. Until I was old enough to, like, you know, to, to just to look it up. I uh, keep forgetting. I keep forgetting that I want to do the parent's guide before every movie we review. Oh, you still want to do it? You can do it. I'm just looking. Uh, oh, they have a, someone in the detailed list of profanity in the first Poltergeist. Uh-huh. Seven uses of shit, four uses of damn, one use of ass. Uh, and I'm, yeah. Three uses of son of a bitch, one use of bastard, four uses of hell, and one middle finger. One, oh, that's the daughter. Oh, yeah, the daughter, the the daughter right. gives the workers uh, that, the middle that, finger. That you that humorous scene at the beginning. Again, this is why they're bad parents. She's watching the her daughter, her teenage daughter in a Catholic school uniform, being sexually harassed by construction workers, and she's like, she's in the kitchen laughing. Ha ha ha! Those boys, those girls. Yeah, says, you should be out there like beating one of them with a rake. What the fuck? Yeah, it's you're a, fucking... you're a horrible parent. No wonder Get ghosts out. are trying to take your child from you. Gang bang later. Especially the the one the one actor uh, he's American Indian actor uh, the one all the way on the right in that scene uh-huh. he he did porn before he did uh, real movies he was the one guy from uh, Predator he oh, played that the, guy. the Indian yeah he was it okay. he was one of the construction workers <laughs> a lot, a oh, lot yeah. of horror film uh, actors in that scene there yeah got Texas yeah. Chainsaw too. Now, they have violence and gore listed on IMDb for the Parents Guide, uh, which, again, we're talking about a film that has very little, if any, violence or gore. So how come there's like half a page here? Uh, Gnarled Tree comes to life and attempts to eat a young boy. He is pulled free, however. A man imagines himself ripping off his face. Okay, that, that's... That, all right, I'll give you that. Yeah, it's a uh, pretty, pretty crazy scene. Very very bloody and disturbing, though very brief. You know, I'll, all right, I'll give you that. That's something you may want to know before your five-year-old watches the film. Yes. A young girl... A young I, girl I would is, agree. Here's a good one. A young girl is sucked screaming into a portal. <laughs> portal. I don't know how violent that is. I mean, right, another one. A violent earthquake rocks a house. However, no one is injured. So that's not violent. That's just like, you know, moving. Yeah, you can watch that on the fucking local news. A woman falls into a large hole filled with water where se- that would be a pool where several skeletons <laughs> appear. They are grotesque it, looking. A woman is attacked by spirits and flung around a room. She is unharmed. Yeah, that's the thing that Holly remarked on. Uh, oddly enough, the, the scene where she's attacked by the when when um, the mother's attacked by the spirits in a room at the end. Right. And she's like, you know, they're trying to rape her. Yeah, it, uh, I, I had visions of the film The Entity, the Entity? with uh, oh, yeah. Barbara Hershey, yeah. uh, where she actually is raped <laughs> by a ghost. Last, best last words of a film ever. Welcome home, cunt. 
<laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> but we're what? So she's mentioned. We're talking about it. She says, "Yeah, you know what? And the problem is the film doesn't go far enough." Uh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, for her, that scene's not rapey enough. Just not rapey enough. Maybe she got the right, hots but, for uh, Joe Beth Williams. I know I do. I, I, I don't know. I just I usually if if, if it, I I just figured that I'm the one that's supposed to be saying stuff like that. <laughs> not, not the other way around. It's just that's uh, a, well, she's I'm a, a little uncomfortable. What can I say? we did, and I, I think my response to her was, "This well, this isn't the entity." So we're right on track there. There you go. Uh, a why large, we have a show together. Violence and core. A large clown doll comes to life and attempts to kill a young boy. All right, we yeah. see, but like that's not enough. We see its arm wrap around his throat and drag him under a bed. But he manages. No, no. All you have to say is, "Large clown doll comes to life and attempts to kill young boy." Anything else is superfluous. Superfluous. Yeah. And another one with uh, a mouth-like portal tries to suck two children into it. (laughs) They scream in terror, but are unharmed. Does the fact that they scream in terror have any bearing on how how horrible a mouth-like portal is? For I don't see. and, And you know what? Like comparing the the first film to the second film. Uh, I think the first film is way, especially the visual effects, way scarier than the second film. The second film, well, I'm an adult, I'm not a child. The second film, or the remake, I, I shouldn't say the second film, the remake is not scary in the least, at all. It's There's really nothing more of a- scary in there at all. The first film, with the puppetry and the special effects, especially when that one, uh, like, poltergeist is in the room and it's just it's like fucking like like sharp teeth demon is you know, all white that's fu- as a kid even as an adult that, that's fucking creepy as hell you know and there's a lot of work putting those special effects and maybe i you know i overthink it but really good stuff in the first film really just like you said lazy in the in the remake well, it, it, the whole film feels kind of rushed in that to that extent too. Um, I don't. Th- and, well, I, I don't. I wouldn't even give them the benefit of the doubt and say rushed. It's just the way they make shitty movies now. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that's it's a, it's like code word for don't give a shit. Yeah, basically, uh, yeah. And it's a PG thirteen. Ironically, it's a PG thirteen film, and you, and I'm sure they they probably tried to um, specifically tone the film down enough so it could be a PG thirteen to make sure it's a family film. I'm sure they'll come out with an unrated when it comes out on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, 101 minutes is the extended cut of that, as opposed to 93 minutes. This is um, the remake? Yeah. Now, they already have They already have the the unrated cut runtime? Oh, of course <laughs> they do. Because the, the DVD was probably like already announced when the film came out. This, this shit's right. planned in advance. Uh, now, ironically, Poltergeist 3... They um, th- that whole ending they had to reshoot th- that thing we talked about earlier. The right. reason they did that is because the film was rated a PG by the MPAA, and they wanted it to get up to a PG thirteen. So they needed a more scary, violent ending. Okay, all right. So the, how's that for ironic? Yeah, you know, I'm just watching this scene now. You know what they did in the remake that they didn't do in the first film that just makes sense in the remake. When what? they fall through the ceiling in the first film, they just let them put fall on the fucking floor. Yeah. <laughs> in the remake, they at least put a mattress down. 
Holly, Holly was jumped right on that. So see, see, they're thinking ahead. They're falling from the sky. They hit the ground hard in that first film. Like, <laughs> she jumped on that right away. So thank you. Well, you know what I thought was interesting is we, we watched the re, the remake first, then went back and rewatched the original, and right. the part where like after she's gone and Sam Rockwell and the wife are talking, he's like, yeah, and they're talking about calling the cops. She's like, we have to call the cops. He's like, yeah. it's like, no, no, we, we, we tell them. Like, this, they, they spent like five, a couple minutes talking about whether or not we should call the police and if we did, what would we say? In the first film, it's like after the fact where they've already been living with this thing for like two or three weeks and uh, and Craig T. Nelson's talking to the parapsychologist for the first time. He's like, yeah, we didn't even call the cops. That's it. <laughs> It's it's just a little it's like a throwaway, and you know what? That's something they lose in the remake too. Is that right. after that and after Carol Ann goes missing, and then they go to the parapsychologist. There, they, there's an implied passage of time. Like he's missing a lot. He's missed a lot of work. You don't miss a lot of work until you actually missed a couple weeks. You know, yeah, he's true. missing a lot of work, and like the bags under his eyes, he's been sleeping. So when the parapsychologists come into the house and they're casual about. Yeah, that happens over there all the time. Yeah, we want to watch this. It's all really a time lapse. How about this? The, the, their blasé attitude towards these supernatural events makes sense because they've been living. They're like shell shocked, and they've been living with this for like weeks on end. The second the remake, you don't get the feeling that they've been there for that long. So when Sam Rockwell's acting really casual about, yeah, that shocks you every like twice or so. Uh, it's like, dude, you've only been doing dealing with this for a couple of days. Right. This is still fresh for you. They yeah. didn't. He, he his he pulls that off because he's great at that kind of casual attitude. But the film doesn't convince me that yeah, the family's already become bored with, with some of these supernatural events. <laughs> so I mean that that's something that they they fail. the The second film, the remake has no tension. There's nothing there. And, there really and, and is almost, nothing there. And it give it gives up on that tension intentionally because i think it, i think they decide right off the bat you know what we're not going to build tension because it's a remake everybody knows what we're going to do so you know what then don't make the fucking film oh they'll never do that the biggest change they made it's just an was, opportunity that that they can make it cheap and try and try and yeah. make you know a hundred million dollars yeah the, the biggest change they made was oh we get to look into the 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 netherworld when when they go looking for carol Ann. Right, which they, that wasn't even done well no, right. So, oh, so what's the Neverworld? Uh, it's a carbon copy of our world, except the walls and floors are made up of writhing corpses. Says, so yeah, maybe you should keep that to yourself. Right, and every once in a while, they would kind of like zoom in on one of the corpses, and it had like a contorted face, and it's like, all right, enough. It's like, ugh, please. I'm, yeah, well, like, all right, how much CGI can we cram into this now? We need to get some CGI in here. And I will, as shitty as part three is, I want to I wanna defend Poltergeist 3 for one thing. Oh the filmmakers really went out of their way to do that shit with the mirrors where they would have mirror images, but it was all, like, sets built where it looked like a mirror, and they would have... Uh, double actor acting doubles on the other side pretending to be the other person. Right. So I mean they they went out of the way to do this really these really complex shots where you where it looked like there were mirrors but there weren't. And it's a shame that the hard work and technical craft of this like really extensive really well planned out scenes were enveloped in this gigantic shit ball of a screenplay. Right. Yeah. That really yeah. I, so I mean, I, I felt bad. I, I'm watching. I was like, wow, you know what? 
the fact that they, like there's like you know scenes where they're watching, you know, the, the camera's pulling back. It's like, see, see, you can't see the camera because in in, in the mirror because and it's like, wow, they took a lot of time and effort to do that, and it's really really sad because no one's gonna fucking care anymore. Yeah, it's no, just, it, it's it's a forgettable movie. I have it because I have to have it because I have the first two. It's it's just the way yeah. that's the way it works. Yeah. I think my DVD set is two and three on the same disc. <laughs> well, it, it <laughs> was one on each side, I think. They were never released individually. Our part, Poltergeist two, I think it was two, was never released individually on DVD. Okay. Or was it three? One of the two was never released individually on DVD. It was only released as part of that two pack, and it was only it was first the third available. Film. It was probably the third film. Right. It, it I was, do believe it was, the second film was released on its it own. It was the third film. It was the third film. The third film was never available on a single disc until Blu-ray. You know That's what I find amazing? Watching the first movies. film, it's on in the background now. They're moving out of the house. they got all the boxes and everything they're moving, yet they decide to spend one last night there. That's where I think the remake, it's like, okay, we got her. Let's get well, the fuck out of here. Uh, and then they do that whole thing with that. It, but in the original, it's they like... Weren't even spend, they weren't even spending the night, though. If you Right. If you well, know. Zelda or T- Tanzan, Tanzia or whatever her name is, they, she tells them that the house is clear. This house but is clear. They, they still weren't going to spend the night. The specific details were that Craig T. Nelson was off to do something with his boss, I think quitting, and... They, he was going to come back and pick them up, and they were going to spend the night at a hotel. Oh, is she that mentions what it was? That, she mentions that at the beginning when she's talking to the kids. So she's taking a bath and they're relaxing and stuff. But as far as oh, I, what I'm she watching said, the, I'm watching the scene. The kids are the kids getting in bed. <laughs> but she said, "Your father's going to pick us up, and we're going to spend the night at a hotel." She says that. No, I so. get that, and believe me, I love the film, so I forgive. Okay, but it's like, how about you just go now to a hotel and then go take care of what you need to do oh no i i the, i agree totally it's, okay we're leaving this house in such a hurry but let's just hang out another day no 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 no. how about we go hang out at the hotel i i'm with you on that uh <laughs> and I, I i do love at the end when the the giant when the mouth of a vortex or portal is trying to suck them in and the shots be, because the uh the only thing during the filming that actually frightened uh heather heather uh O'Con- what was it o'connell heather o'rourke O'Rourke, Heather O'Rourke. The only thing that actually frightened the small child during this whole film was the the scene of her hanging onto the railing while stuff was like blowing into the closet. So they they uh, Spielberg stopped it and they replaced her with a little robot. So you watched the little robot legs kicking during that scene. Oh really? <laughs> Funniest fucking is once you notice it, you can never look away again. Every time you watch that scene for the rest of your life, all you see is little robot legs kicking. Uh, and you know Joe Beth Williams is naked in that tub. I mean, just that camera needs to just move up maybe two inches. She's not wearing any. And she's not wearing nothing uh, wow. to like cover up. She's just in there naked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Can I remember. I, I love Joe Beth Williams uh, I, in, in I, this period of her life. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. What, you are, what are the films? I'm, I'm, I'm getting. I'm, I'm getting a feeling. What other films do you like? You feel her in. Uh, to be honest, uh, no, lie to me. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know her films by heart. I just know uh, whenever I see her, uh, when she's this young, uh, the big chill. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I, Cause I did not, I, I hated that fucking movie. So I don't know if yeah. I can, uh, um, 
Man, uh, <clears throat> are you sure you don't just mean poltergeist? What? What? What you like? No, the, the the clown just wrapping his arm around the kid's neck. Now I'm watching the movie because I feel that we're, <laughs> we're done and, and we should be rating them at this point. All right, well then let's then let's rate them. Let's go back. I want to rate all the poltergeists, even though we talked briefly about all two of three, them. Okay, all of them. So starting with the original one, Poltergeist in 1982. Seven point four currently. Right. Uh, I I would prefer I would prefer it got an eight. All right, now uh, very briefly, I want to mention this uh, because uh, what happened was uh, we've been we've have a movie sucktastic uh, identity on IMDb, but somehow I logged out of it and I can't <laughs> find the password to log back in, and I'm just having trouble getting back into our into our movie sucktastic IMDb account. So at the moment, I'll be rating these on my actual account. And IMDb. Why don't you just, you know the email address, why don't you just reset the password? I, I tried to do that, and it didn't work. That's I, that's not an answer I will accept. Well, then you should give it a shot so you can shame me next episode, because I was unable to do it. Well, just, yeah, we'll talk about it after the show. All right, so seven, Poltergeist, 7.4. What would you want to give Poltergeist? Yeah, I'm not going to say 10. Uh, no, no way. I think 8 is good. I'd be okay with an eight. The only, the only, as far as special effects go, any special effects that were cheesy, like, like the uh, the ghost hands coming out of the TV that looked like a cartoon, that's just because of the time period. That's the how they did it. That's how they did special effects. Exactly. A lot of it was animated. Right. You, you can't you can't compare that to CGI now and hold that against the film. Definitely uh, not. For what and there's the a lot. Then there's a lot of stop motion and puppetry and really cool stuff like that. Really good um, and done really well. Yeah, I mean, I'm watching the one scene now where I was mentioning about that that ghost thing with the the skeleton face with the teeth, and it's Which just is, fucking creepy. I, you know? I, I think I, I think special effects from this time period, 70s, 80s, uh, going through like maybe nine early 90s, are much more impressive when done well due to the lack of CGI technology to do it easily. Right. So I agree with you. Uh, so we're just gonna say eight on Poltergeist one. Yep. I All right. That's good. Okay, moving on to Poltergeist 2, which I didn't have up because I didn't plan on rating all of these. Poltergeist oh, 2, 1986, got, a.k.a. The Other Side. Got to be like a 5. or 5. Maybe, maybe closer to 5.6? Yes. Mm. And since we're not, since we're doing, since we're rating four films, I'm not going through the, uh, uh, going through all the, um, uh, different amounts of. Yeah, no, no, what, sure. I'm just, I'm just thinking this. What is it called? Oh, the analytics? Yeah, but what is it, the different people of different ages, the age groups, what is that called? Demographics. Demographics. I, I, I was very angry at myself because I couldn't think of demographics. You're hurting yeah. my head. Sorry. <laughs> what is it called? Okay, well, um, 5.6. 5.6. And I'm just on the fence of whether it should get a 5 or a 6. I think I'm leaning towards 5. I I, I think 5.6, a 5.5, I think that's pretty appropriate but you can't give half points all right so i would i would i would i would want to say six because i i think the film does take more time with spirituality uh the the indian shaman is a nice twist going from uh, you know christian catholic beliefs to more spiritual uh different cultures i like right. that however the fact that underneath the swimming pool they find they, they find catacombs with with the uh the, this buried cult and at the end, they have this giant uh, 
fight in inner in like inner space with the uh, with the priest heads with a spear that knocks it back down to a five. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. I mean, really, I, I it's one of those films I'm watching. I'm like, you know what? I shouldn't be liking this film, and I'm kind of enjoying the acting and the dialogue and stuff. But the first ten minutes and the last ten minutes, I'm like, what the fuck? So it, it really ruins the rest of the film. Five stars five, it is. I with you. Five. Okay. Yes. On to the third and movie. Poltergeist three. What's your guess on how what that's rated on on the? Uh, that's probably somewhere in the the four, high four probably. Poltergeist three doesn't even have a subtitle. Not like Poltergeist two with the other side. It's just Poltergeist three. Uh, we're giving eh. it one shot. <laughs> Poltergeist th- Poltergeist three. Eh. Eh. Four point <laughs> five is the average. Okay. I would say four. I'd be okay um, with a four. Maybe lower. You know what? The only reason I don't want to go to a three is because, again, real if you, if, if you've never seen the film or if you saw it like 10 years ago, 15, whatever years ago, and you hated it, do me a favor, please. Go back and rewatch it. Ignore the dialogue. Ignore the plot. Ignore all that shit. And just watch the technical craft of the mirror sequences because they were all done without computer special effects. It was all live shots. And the effort that they took to do something that cinematically creative is the only reason I'll go with four stars instead of three. Okay. There you go. Now, I am going to check the demographics on this real quick, just because I'm very curious of the demographics for Poltergeist 3. Um, and uh, there's nothing interesting there. It's, it's, everybody voted pretty much four like we did. Right, I'm going to ignore that. All right, Poltergeist Remake, 2015. Currently, okay. it's currently rated between Poltergeist Two and Poltergeist Three at five point one. This is the remake. Yes, this is the remake. Okay. It's currently rated lower than than Poltergeist Two, but higher than Poltergeist Three. Barely. Barely. <laughs> Barely. So, um, let's start at five. For the remake, okay, five. Yeah. And Any reason to go down. higher? Ne- definitely no. no reason to go higher. No, I There's agree. No- nothing there that they could do to, uh, that they did to go higher at all. There's only to go lower. Oh, <laughs> do, another thing they stole they they switched from the films at the end of the film when they get in the car and leave and the, and the, the ghost won't let them go. Oh right. Of the remake, that's like the scene in Poltergeist three when they're trying to leave the house and they can't get out of the garage in the car. Slightly different, but again, they, I feel like they took that from that film. Except without the floating chainsaw. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, so, any reason to go to a four? I mean, if we're going to talk about dropping it, it's just how much they borrowed, copied, and how ori- unoriginal they were. I guess we can go down one point for that. I, I, I'll argue against that, because all, all I'll say is some of the changes were commendable, and... Yeah. The, the the whole end sequence was better than Poltergeist 2 or 3. As far as like being a, a reasonable ending, it was the best ending since the first one. So I think that deserves a little bit of credit. Okay. I, I'm so gonna stick with if five. we go 5, that means it's average, which means that... Which I'm totally fine with. This was a, this is the... Yeah. This, and this is why... The, I mean, I didn't... The, I didn't absolutely, you know, hate it with shaking no, fury and anger. Yeah. I just didn't like it. It's 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 the ultimate problem with these remakes. It's not that it's a bad remake. It's not that it shouldn't have been done. It's just that there was no reason for it. 
there were, you weren't doing anything new with it. It was just, oh, you know what? Here, here's something we haven't done in a while. Let's do it again and make some money off of it. And there's why? It, there's really nothing new under the sun for it. Um, and, and, and that's the ultimate crime. Is it's just it's it's like the cycle remake. Right. Why'd you even bother? You know, you bring well, nothing. Well, that to the that was. I saw that in a theater, unfortunately. Yeah. I was I saw that on a date. <laughs> <laughs> just that masturbation scene where you just was like That was not uncomfortable at that's all. That's the only that's the only new thing they did too. Like, <laughs> um I, my I still have the best date story though, seven. But at least it was a good movie in the end. Oh no, it was a great how was the how was the a great movie in the end, the the the, the only female characters. No 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 no. It's overall meaning you went and saw a great movie. Oh, it's a great I movie. saw Psycho. All right, yeah, it's a great it's a great movie. But when you yeah, you shouldn't take a date to that, and you knew that beforehand. What's wrong with I, you? I, what do well, you think you were going to see? The movie's rated R, first of all, and it's about the seven deadly oh, sins. Right. Come on. We I knew it was going to be a hor- uh, like uh, like a dark movie, but it's when I'm I'm sitting there next to my date. And the the uh, it's uh, it's the lust sequence at the end where they rush into the room and the prostitute is dead after having just been fucked to death with a bladed dildo and the lawyer screaming, "Get it off! Get it off! Get it off!" I was like, "I'm not getting a kiss tonight." <laughs> Anywhere. No no no, 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 no. He made me do it. He made me fuck her. He made me. It's like, okay, we get it. That's an image that's not going to disappear before the drive home. No. No. Good maybe, night. Maybe, maybe Bye. date. <laughs> Friendly wave. Um, See ya. So five. Yeah, we're going to say five. And I, five I do want to take a... I want to... Now, that's... that's uh, so we pretty much voted with everybody else as far as the average 12,000 viewers. I just want to look at the demographics. Highest rating is five at 19.7%. Uh, it, it's... You know, it, everyone's the same opinion. Uh, the demographics, like across the board, is in the five range. Okay, that's it. It's just every, every the whole world looked at this film, and like you said, eh, yeah, just amb- Though I think the worst response you can get from a film from an audience is ambivalence, or or just apathy. I, True. At least, at least when you hate a film, the film is evoking a response, a reaction from you. But they'll sit through this whole film, and afterwards, like. Uh, yeah, I could I could have like sat here and not watched that. You know, it's just like no opinion. It's like it's it's really apart from comparing it to the original. There's really not much to talk about in this film. We I wouldn't spend... I wouldn't have gone out of my way to watch this unless we were going to be reviewing it. When I saw well, the trailer, and even when before I saw. Oh, uh, even before I saw any reviews or just how much people didn't like it, I knew I didn't want to see it. Well, let's be fair. Because we I, didn't, saw it, I saw it as pointless. To be fair, we didn't go out of our way to see it. <laughs> well. <laughs> we, we, you know, it was out of the theaters. We watched it as late as possible. Yeah. It was like, oh, you know what? I can watch this now. All right, might as well. It wasn't, you know, like Mad Max, we have to buy tickets in advance. We have to plan. No, this was. Uh, it's on. Yeah, if, it's, it's. If it's I had here. TV, I would have been flipping through and saw this. It's one of those films. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> now, right. My favorite part of Poltergeist Two. The second film. The second film, but uh, that yeah. would be part Poltergeist Two. 
I, listen, um, we're talking about so many different poltergeists here. You're right. I apologize. Uh, Julian Beck, he plays the creepy preacher guy. It's yeah. That part where he walks into the house, he's talking to Craig T. Nelson. He's like, "Yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't, fall, they don't look to you for guidance. You're not a man anymore." And Craig T. Nelson's like, how, "How do you know all this?" <laughs> he puts his finger to his temple. Because I'm smart. <laughs> Just the way he does it, it's like, "Fuck, that's perfect, perfect, you creepy little man." Yes. <laughs> God. Uh, <laughs> all right. So That's I all. think we should go yeah. ahead. I think we should go ahead and end the show then. All right, but we we should, but but I th- I think you owe me a challenge. I think you still owe me a challenge. From Poltergeist or from something else? <laughs> from the the last movie I challenged you to. Ah, uh, which well, I never it, got a challenge for in return, which was the I, the Punisher. I would like I, I could do that, but what I would like to do instead is get your help finding a film. And it was we, my idea to do Poltergeist anyway. I know I, I beat you to I, it, you, you, but you, I brought it up first. You brought it up first, but I was going to ask you like the next text. So it's like it's not fair. But I tell you what, I will uh, challenge uh-huh. you, but it's only if you can find this film because I can't find it. I okay. want to challenge you to Venom. Venom. That's the film that Toby Hooper was forced off of by Klaus Kinski and Oliver Reed. All right, I'll see if I can get it. And, my hand. And on we've it. reviewed Klaus Kinski and Oliver Reed films before. We did Crawl Space. We did. We did do Crawl Space, right? No, we never did Crawl Space. We didn't do Crawl Space. No. Didn't we? Have we done a Klaus Kinski film then? Um. Thought we had. We've done Oliver Reed because he was we've in. We've talked the, um, about. Um, Oliver Reed was the naked uh, wrestling. Oliver Reed, we did uh, Women in Love. Right, Women in Love, naked wrestling. Yeah. I could have sworn we did Crawl Space. We did not. It might have been mentioned, but we never did a formal review. You know what for the problem it. is? I talk about films too much that sometimes I forget who I was talking about too. No, I, I agreed. I do the same thing. I remember. I remember um, going in, or I, remember. I at least I talk, and the other person just nods their head. It's like, yeah, why right? aren't you Scott right now? <laughs> <laughs> you need to be somebody else. Quiet, not Scott. That's right. Um, uh, if if we didn't do that, then I don't think we've done a Klaus Kinski film. So we I don't should think do. We've, Klaus I don't Kinski. think we've ever done a Kinski film. I, I think we need to do a Klaus Kinski film just because it's Klaus Kinski. And, and that's okay. I'm good with that. But is there a direct connection to Pol- uh, the Punisher in any way? To the Punisher? That's mm. the last film I challenged you to. Right, but but I said. And then we, we did the we did two weeks of Lugosi. All right, and, right, and then no, Poltergeist was a remake right. thing. Now, let, let me let me clarify. At, when we talked about at the end of the last Legosi review, I said, "How about we do a fresh start?" We didn't talk about that a, at the end did. of the show. We talked about that through IMs. Right. So no, we did talk about the end of the show. I'm almost positive. So but I, we I said, "Let's listen back to it." Fine. That's let's fine. Do, I'm good with that. I was saying, let's do a fresh start. I was like, let's do like like Jim Cotta, something that we haven't reviewed but should have. Something we always mention but never review, or let's do a Joey versus Scott movie. And so the idea was to start fresh. And okay. I, then I remember Poltergeist, that now. You're right. Right. And then Poltergeist popped up. It's like, oh, good. This is our fresh start. So with this fresh start, if I'm challenging you, I'm challenging you to Venom. Venom. You need okay. To, but you need to find it because I can't find it. I'll find it. Uh, it's a 1981 film starring Klaus Kinski, Oliver Reed. It's about kidnappers who 
uh, holed up in this apartment building or apartment, rich people's like apartment with a kid they kidnapped and the kid's harmless snake that was delivered from the pet store turns out to actually be a deadly mamba. Of course it does. It happens way too often to even mention. It's crazy. Uh, so considering the, the amount of stress stress and strife on the film and that Toby Hooper was forced out as director after two weeks, I think this is a worthy adversary. Sure, and the connection is Hooper, so good. <clears throat> All right, I'm good with that. So with that, let's go ahead and end the show. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Wait, wow. One thing, the storyline for Venom, if we do it, uh, it starts off with uh, an IMDb. International terrorists attempt to kidnap a wealthy couple's child. Their plan comes unstuck when a deadly black mamba sent by mistake instead of a harmless snake escapes, and the terrorists and several hostages are trapped in the boys' London home. Next line. <laughs> a tense evening is had by all. <laughs> <laughs> really? As the snake creeps around the house, picking off the various characters one by one. How do you, how do you not watch a film like that? I think we have to. Okay, well, hopefully we can find it. I hope so. If we and can't it find released, it, we'll, we'll come out with a different challenge. And not only was it released in the USA, I remember Mad Magazine did a film parody of it. So it's definitely a theatrical release in America. Holy shit. All right. It'd be interesting to get that Mad Magazine parody if we could still find it. I, I'll, I'll do a Google even search. If it's I, in di- even if it's digital print. I remember reading it, though. I remember the whole thing with the, like beating, trying to find the snake and everything. I never saw the film, but I remember reading the Mad Magazine version of it. God, 34 years ago? Shit. I, have a good, I have a good memory for that kind of shit. It's scary. Oh, no, I do too, but it's just... Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. All right, anyway. All right. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and end the show now. All right, uh, episode 177 of Movie Sucktastic. Um, again, as always, thank you for joining us. Uh, oh, one thing I do want to mention. I am on vacation starting today. I am Motherfucker. off all next week. It does not mean that I may or may not be back. Well, isn't next Thursday the day before 4th of July? It is. No, 4th of July is a Saturday. I don't know. We might uh, might be somewhere with the kids doing fireworks. I can't guarantee there is a show next week because I am am on vacation. I'm sorry. I'm still talking. I'm I'm sorry. I I kept misjudging when you were done. Uh, Next Thursday (laughs) is the day before the day we're recognizing 4th of July. That's right, because it's on a Saturday. So I have no idea where I am yet next week. I know I'm on vacation starting literally today. So there may or may not be a show. We'll see. We'll see where I am. We'll be back, Uh, though. Don't worry. We'll be back. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. So anyway, um, thank you for joining us. Go to our website at moviesucktastic.com. Completely redesigned and redone just for you. You can listen to the show there. You can download the show. You can watch the show live every Thursday at 8 o'clock, except maybe next week. Um, You can go to iTunes and download the show or listen to it. You can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. You can go to our Tumblr page at moviesucktastic.tumblr.com. You can also leave us voicemail at 908-514-4470. If you want to email us, the address is... The Movie Guys at moviesucktastic.com. And you can download the free Android app for your phone, tablet, phablet, whatever you want. Uh, it's 100% free. And you can download it now at the Google Play Store. The mobile version of our site is coming out soon for all you iPhone users. 
And if you do a Google search for us in your uh, in your computer, just do a search for Movie Sucktastic and we come up everywhere. And that should do it. Oh. Yes. Real, real quick. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Venom is available on Amazon Prime Streaming. Oh, so we can watch it. I, but I, I got to figure don't... out a way I can I can get that so we can play it in the background for the live show. Otherwise, That's we'll the... just talk about it, but I'll play a different uh, Kinski film. That's the only challenge, but we can watch it, so we're definitely reviewing it. It just matters how our presentation Perfect. All right. Excellent day. All right. You got any words of wisdom, sir? Because I'm smart. <laughs> All right, everybody. With that, we'll talk to you next week. You just moved the tombstones. You didn't move the bodies. You just moved the tombstones, you son of a bitch. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye.